LBC 97.3. Text 84850. Tweet at LBC 973. This is London's biggest conversation with Steve Allen. Morning, Friday the 13th, but we're not particularly worried about uh, superstitions. We're not worried about, you know, what you're supposed... I don't know what you're supposed to do on Friday the 13th. You're supposed to say anything. There's nothing that's sort of going to sort of get us out of this pickle. If you're superstitious, you're superstitious. If you're not, you're not. End of story. Traditionally, as you know, it was the day that uh, more murders are committed. 13 steps up to the scaffold, um, 13 knots in the hangman's new, all this kind of stuff, and they got paid 13 and 13 and 13 pennies and a halfpenny. I don't know what 30, that's one and, one and a penny halfpenny, I think, for doing the execution. I think that's what it was, anyway, that's what I remember from yesterday. Anyway, aside from that, how did, uh, how did yesterday go? Good, good, good. Yeah, we had a very good day yesterday. What did we do, actually? I proved my theory. I could get home before eight o'clock in the morning, which was good. Trains are packed now. Now that, now that little kiddiewinks are back at school, oh, goodness gracious me. I mean, it was just so many people. And, uh, and I always meet a friend of mine who, who, who gets on the train a couple of, couple of stops down the line. And yesterday I, I, I texted him. And unfortunately, he was, he was flying off on Ryanair. He's very embarrassed because he normally flies first class. He's never been on Ryanair before. So he's, he's, he dressed suitably for the occasion. He dressed down, took his own baggage on. He said, oh, it's the only way he can go. He's, he's going to a birthday party in Italy uh, yesterday. So the only place, the only plane that can get him there is Ryanair. So I said, you'll probably love it. You'll love it. He's just, he's just never done anything like that before. So that was all a bit exciting. Uh, and then I went out and um, I was going to buy some stuff at the garden centre. I gave some chocolates to a, a lovely lady called Anna, who's my friend Lynn's mum. And she phoned me yesterday to say thank you for the chocolate. She'd never seen such nice chocolates. So she was very happy. What else did I do yesterday? I seemed to cram in loads of things. I spoke to a friend of mine who's been having a really rough time at work recently. And all of a sudden, yesterday, things emerged through the gloom. And it turned out she's like star pupil, so she's, she's very happy about things. Uh, then I watched a bit of The Reunion. I think it must be a repeat, because I think it's already been out, and this is where a lot of old has-been groups that you weren't interested in first time around get back together again, like Blue and Bewitched and 911 and... Who else was on there? Oh, uh, Atomic Kitten. But they always refer to The Kittens. I mean, dear God in heaven, you only had to look at poor old bloated Kerry Katona to realise here was the woman on the, on the verge of a nervous breakdown. She couldn't manage anything. It was all her, 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 her. And you think to yourself, I'm not sure how much is, is acting with Kerry Katona. But anyway, she's, uh, she's now going to announce that she's three months pregnant. She's got four children from previous relationships, just declared herself bankrupt for the second time, but the stupid woman has got herself pregnant again with a bloke she's not even married to. Mainly because nobody's interested in buying wedding pictures. She's such a, a has-been nowadays that they go, oh, not Kerry Coketoner again. Good grief, let's not worry about her. I mean, how stupid to get yourself pregnant. You know, we used to, you know, we, we sort of look at her and I feel immensely, immensely sad and depressed at the state of the country. She says, I have food and a baby in my belly. The best friends in the world, a great job. You don't have a job, dear. You don't do a job. You've never done a day's work in your life. She says, I'm very grateful to get pregnant. You're very stupid, I'm afraid. But uh, when, you, when you looked at the atomic kitten getting back together again, you suddenly realise that she's the oldest one in the group. She looks so old and haggard. She's got the worst hairstyle. Just, you know, an embarrassment. So she's married this, this bloke. I can't remember who he is now. Does he, does he come with history? I think the, the new bloke comes with history. 
But anyway, they're going to announce it on the Alan Titchmarsh show, where again, Kerry just looks like an old washerwoman. The other two look very glamorous. That's Liz McLarnon and Natasha Hamilton. And then Kerry Katona, who just looks like a wreck. Car crash, legs, you know, thunder thighs she is. But there again, that's, you know, somebody who doesn't look after themselves. They just rely on everybody else and it's all her, 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 ladies and gentlemen. Very tedious. Uh, Prince William is stepping down from seven years. So he's uh, basically going to be taking up royal duties. I thought he was doing royal duties as well as being in the RAF. Perhaps you can't manage the both. And they've obviously decided. You watch him put on weight over the years now. All these luncheons and dinners and meeting people. And, of course, she's got to get pregnant again. There's no point in just having one child. They're going to have to have two children. Um, then uh, Madeleine McCann, her uh, mum, talking about these, uh, these lies. They're involved in a, in a libel case over in Portugal. I think they're suing for a million saying that this book written by this, this policeman, which I've never read, uh, turned the Portuguese people against them. Um, I've got no idea. I've got no idea. We, we know all about the, uh, the Madeleine McCann story. As far as I know, and I think I reported yesterday, I don't think that uh, Mrs McCann is actually giving evidence in this, in this trial. They've got various friends over there who are sort of watching over it, and the, the book makes various allegations. I'm surprised, to be honest with you, if you read the allegations, I'm surprised that, the, the, that a publisher actually published it. Perhaps they're different. Perhaps they're different. Somebody was telling me yesterday, uh, a Turkish friend of mine, and he said, you know, in Turkey, he said, you can buy all these fake items. He said, you can buy them perfectly legally. You just can't take them out of the country. Because lots of people have got fake bags, fake glasses. Because I was telling him the story of yesterday, where a friend of mine bought a, a fake pair of Ray-Bans. But they were put, you can't tell the difference. Years ago, you could tell the difference. You would, you, you would look at an item and go, I think that's fake. I think that that's fake. Nowadays, you can't. Nobody can tell. They come with barcodes. They've got little printed holograms. Everything. It's almost perfect. Whether or not people can manage to copy the new plastic notes when they come out remains to be seen. Uh, the Duchess of Cambridge out in London last night, which is lo- lovely, and uh, and the son is saying it's it's Wills's year off, and uh, he'll be taking a year to do what? I've got no idea. To do what? I mean, I suppose they've now said right, this is now the grooming of of you, and we turn you into a proper member of the royal family as opposed to a working member of the royal family. So it's a little bit the reverse for Prince Andrew. Prince Andrew never done any work, you know, did his bit in the Falklands, and then just became more useless as the as the years went by. Uh, Kristen Stewart went on a date with a prince the other day, proving that you can buy anybody you like. Kristen Stewart, that's the one who had the fling with the producer, you remember, uh, used to go out with uh, Robert Pattinson and might still be. But anyway, she she agreed to meet this Middle Eastern royal in return for a donation to charity of £316,000. God, it's unbelievable, isn't it? He paid in cash before meeting Kristen at a fundraising consonant in Madison Square Garden. Uh, We don't know who he is. He's unnamed. I want to know who he is. Who pays that half a million dollars? Half a million dollars he paid. And so all she had to do is, uh, is sit with him for 15 minutes. It's not bad, is it? I'm, I'm reading this book at the moment. It's called The Casting Couch. And it, it, it looks at, um, at what went on in Hollywood. And there were at least two or three studios who had what they called a bonk break in the middle of the afternoon. And uh, the list of stars who were bonking with the producers is legendary. You would be horrified if I ran through some of the names. One of the, uh, the people there... Uh, in fact, it was it was all Howard Hughes was doing it. Lots of studio heads. Fred Carno over here was doing it. And lots of people. It's a case of once they signed you, they thought they owned you. 
And in fact, one particular actress who's, uh, who's very much with us decided she didn't want to go to bed with the studio head. And he said, you will. He said, otherwise you'll never work again. So she walked out and she went to work for another studio. But it was, it was bonk, bonktastic all over the place. People were at it. And the casting couch, it was called, because if you wanted to work in Hollywood and you were an attractive woman, one of them, apparently, I'm, I'm led to believe that Howard Hughes, when he was only... I think early 20s, had about 15 women on the go. They were all, what happened was, they were all installed in different hotels with the promise that uh, they, he, he would get them into the movies. But to get into the movies, you had to sleep with them. And so hence the casting couch. And I, I'm led to believe the only person who never actually went through the route because she was so desperately unattractive was Betty Davis. But as we all know about Joan Crawford and her pornographic films that she made, where in one of them she played an actress trying to get a job in a studio and had to perform a sex act, the moment she became famous, the studio desperately tried to buy up these sex films that she'd made. They were called, they were called reelers, one reelers, and, and they were made for about $1,000, some even less than that, and it featured all the famous people of the day uh, doing what they ended up doing for most of their life, which was having to sleep with somebody for, um, for in, in exchange for work. It's a little bit trapped. It's a great book. It's very old. I did it years ago on LBC. And I remember thinking, Good, I mean, can this really be true? And, of course, the answer is absolutely. Absolutely. Here's a woman, a social worker, Tabitha Ritchie. She was trying to fly out of Colombia. I think um, the, she was trying to fly out of Bogota. And, and they, she's pregnant. Well, she wasn't. She wasn't actually pregnant. They sort of lifted up her, her sort of top, and it's a latex belly. Had 4.4 pounds of cocaine in it. She comes from Toronto. She faces smuggling charges, but she's covered her face. I mean, you'd think with all the... I, don't, I never quite understand why people would smuggle drugs. Well, there's so many high-profile cases. So many people have been executed, shot by firing squad for smuggling drugs. We've got the true, two so-called drug mules, haven't we, in Peru at the moment. And now here's another one. So when she was photographed, they, they made her lift this sort of thing up. And here is this fake latex belly, which I think they use in, uh, in sort of films and stuff like that when they need an actress to look pregnant. But this one was a little bit, a little bit too hard, I'm afraid. So when they lifted it up, out fell all the cocaine. Stupid woman, honestly. And yet I like the name. Isn't that funny? Tabitha, I think it's such a great name. Don't find many people called Tabitha nowadays. It's one of those names that disappears, doesn't it, into the mist. The tidal wave of lives, Maddie Mum sues Bookstorm for a million. How you work out, I've got no idea. Kate McCann does her usual depressed-looking face. They've got all sorts of claims. I mean, some of the, you can't believe a publisher actually published this book. It does seem a bit bizarre that um, he, he in, inferred a fund to finance a search for Maddie was a cynical ploy to get rich. Well, I have to be honest, I mean, it, I don't think it'd make you rich, but it certainly was a financial drain. Uh, he also accused the McCanns of negligence over their children. Well, I suppose that would be a loose one, wouldn't it? I mean, anybody who, who goes off for dinner and leaves the kids in an apartment, I suppose you could argue, could be considered as negligent, if not naive. Um, he also claims that, he, that they staged a fake abduction. He suggested Maddie died in the apartment. Well, that's got to be the most far-fetched one I've ever heard. He also said the McCann children were given drugs to help them sleep. I mean, this book is so, so fantastic and so ridiculous in its summary of the events on that particular night. You can't believe it. I'm surprised it, it didn't hit court before. So it's a million-pound libel action. I don't know how their courts work over there in, 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 uh, in terms of libel action. They're going to quiz 38 suspects, apparently. This is because they're, they're still 
trying to find Madeline. They say, this this court case is just not what Kate McCann needs because it stops her looking for Maddie. Well, I wasn't aware they were looking for Maddie. The police are looking for Maddie. We've got lots of people assigned to it. It's not, uh, it's not a cheap operation. And, of course, there are hundreds of children who go missing every year. Uh, Katie Price in her column today... Well, I must tell you what she says. She's, she's talking about uh, loving Vic's fashion shoot. She says, I finally found my perfect designer skydiving outfit to not only look good, but to land good on my next jump. So she's going parachute jumping. Oh, stop thinking the same as I'm thinking. Stop thinking it. Think happy thoughts. Happy thoughts. Friday, quarter past four. Morning. Don't forget Nick Ferrari with you at seven o'clock this morning. LBC 97.3. Looking at the papers today. It's Rowena Davis, journalist and Labour councillor for Southwark. Uh, And, of course, as we reveal the extent to which foreign diplomats have been misbehaving without any consequence, uh, we'll be looking at that story. Plus, why are our tubes the most expensive in the world? And is it such a big deal that Prince William has left the forces? It says here the army, but I think he was in the RAF, wasn't he? Wasn't Prince William in the RAF? It says here the army. Definitely not the army. He was definitely RAF. I remember the uniforms. Completely different. Uh, Apparently, the sun on Sunday have got a new look. You're going to be reading the most boring book of the decade, Vinnie Jones, My Story. This is a man who hates this country. Let's do him a favour by not buying his book, shall we? Apparently, I've gone from red mist to red carpet. You haven't gone to red carpet at all, did It was a silly, honestly. Overinflated ego, not particularly brilliant. Uh, Competition on the programme this morning. Yesterday, uh, Scott Bowden from Belvedere. Bagged himself the new Apple iPhone 5S by identifying that the first Apple logo did feature Sir Isaac Newton sitting under an apple tree. So, as you now know, on Tuesday, Apple announced the launch of their phone. And today, I'm giving you the... Ch- I can't believe we're doing this. The third day running. Third day running. We're giving away an Apple iPhone 5S. It's got iOS 7 installed. Better camera, fingerprint scanner for extra security, and one lucky listener will win the brand new iPhone 5S today just by answering this question correctly. I think this is quite difficult, but that's, that's by my standards, you know me. I'm not very good at getting these questions right at all. So in addition, this is, this is the question, in addition to the iPhone 5S, Apple announced a second, cheaper and more colourful iPhone at the launch on Tuesday. What is the model number? Does it have a model number? I don't, I don't even understand the question. What is the model number? Thank you, Joel. Text the word gadget, G-A-D-G-E-T, followed by your answer, and then send that to 84850. So what is the model number of the second cheaper, more colourful iPhone which Apple have launched? What's the model number? Text the word gadget, then your answer, and then you send that to 84850 before 6.30 this morning. Text will cost you pound fifty plus your standard network rate. If you text after the closing time, you won't be entered but may still be charged. We play across the LBC network. Full terms and conditions online at lbc.co.uk. What's the model number? I don't even know. I'm not sure I even understand that one at all. <laughs> Never mind. It's always good fun, isn't it? Somebody's going to win it, so come uh, come later on today. You're going to be getting the uh, the phone call, and you're going to be very happy indeed. You've got yourself a, a very, very nice phone. Uh, what was I going to say? Oh, it's such a busy morning this morning. Such a busy morning. We've got uh, Andy Fairweather Low to interview. That'll please Noreen. Probably a big fan of Andy Fairweather Low and Amen Corner. He's touring again. He's got a new album. I've only got him in because we saw a... A feature in the Express the other day, and I thought, good, I mean, he hasn't stopped working, this boy. You know, a lot of people from the 
uh, from the 60s, when they were in these, these groups, they were touring around. They never made any money. I think you'll find he will, he will say that being with Amen Corner was not the best time of his life. They were working and they were in the charts, but they never made any money. I think they, they actually finished and they were broke. I mean, since then, of course, he's gone on to tour with Eric Clapton. He's toured with the, um, the Pink Floyd The Wall. He's uh, turned up everybody. He's, people just, when, when guitarists want a guitarist, they phone Andy Fairweather Low. So he's decided now to, now is the time to branch out and add another string to his bow. Still been married to the same woman now, 42 years. He's 65. Uh, and then we're going to do him early this morning, very early, like quarter to eight early. And then uh, as soon as I finish that one, shooting off in a car to go and talk to Paul O'Grady, who's, uh, who's got something to do with dogs. He's just won another award. Uh, Paul and I, as you know, go back many, many years. Uh, off on holiday with Brian tomorrow is Noreen. Off to Cornwall. Lots of cream teas, I think. Oh, I hope so. I take a, I take a Mac. Not when I say a Mac, I mean, you know, a, a, a Macintosh. Because I think it might be raining. So that's from Carol and the Facebook gang, Noreen. So uh, there you go. Wish you well with that one. Uh, Friday the 13th. If you want to avoid Friday the 13th, any month that starts on a Sunday will have a Friday the 13th. The next is December, says Jenny. I see, it doesn't, I'm, not, I'm, not, I'm not fussed about it. I'm really not. I know people think you should be, but I promise you I'm not. I promise you I'm not, not remotely interested. I've lost the text messages. The text messages have, uh, have vanished from the, uh, from the computer this morning. We'll weave them all in. Um, other stories in the paper today. It's, uh, it's a toad. He was, unfortunately, this poor toad was caught in official NASA photographs from the, the launch in Virginia. He probably travelled to the area from a nearby pool of water... And he was he was captured. <laughs> he got launched into space, poor little soul. Must have the biggest. Sh- I mean, I don't think he survived. I don't think he did survive that one. But it's, but it's quite funny when you look at a picture. He must be thinking, "What the dickens is going on here?" Poor old Joey Essex, in a desperate attempt to try and stay somewhere within the public's uh, psyche, has launched a perfume. I think I think it's finished, Joey. I mean, I don't want to sort of. I don't want to be the prophet of doom. But frankly, your five seconds is up. You know, please, please go away, stay away. They, they even say his, his, his tan is so ridiculous. Sharon Osbourne has drafted in Robbie Williams, because he's not doing anything at the moment, to help her decide who to take to the X Factor finals. She won't win anything. She looks a bit like Julie Andrews in these pictures. Now, now she's got the shorter hairstyle. Robbie Williams just looks a little bit fat and, uh, and bloated. But then we had that the other day, didn't we, from Chantelle. Uh, Kevin the Milkman says, Steve, of course Kerry Coketone is happy to be pregnant. Loads of more freebies and anything else needed on credit and then declare bankruptcy again. Oh, it's just, it's just an embarrassment, I'm afraid. Just an embarrassment. I mean, hardly a role model for anybody at all. Pathetically awful in, uh, in everything. I can't think of anything she's ever managed to do. Embarrassed her children. She's got four children with I don't know how many different people. Now she's not married, she's got another one, but only just declared herself bankrupt for the second time. So who's actually paying for this? I suppose the, the, the stupid people who run the magazines. Uh, she obviously needs uh, an extra child for the extra benefits, because being a mother equals free money, says uh, Morgan, Don's team in Bromley. So uh, that's what people think. You're not, you're not big fans, are you, of Kerry Katona, I'm afraid? I don't even think Kerry Katona likes Kerry Katona. Uh, Paul O'Grady says, I put uh, so much into the Holby role, I even came home feeling ill. Because Paul O'Grady uh, has got a new role as a cancer patient in Holby City. He loves doing different things. I'll ask him about that a little bit later on this morning. Because I'm sure he's got something to say. Uh, 84850, uh, Express are doing Madeleine on the front cover. Also, the Gales, which are going to battle 
uh, batter Britain, I'm afraid, so just when we think we've got summer. And then Duncan was talking about the Roma gypsies who are back at Marble. I thought they'd only just left. They're not going to want to stay up there, are they? By the time they've got, you know, a f- few, few sort of nights of wet. OK, in the summer. OK, in the summer. But uh, be very careful, because the, the people who are operating around Piccadilly Circus, who are sort of trying to... There's a lot of hands in, in pockets. Just be very careful. And that's what they do. I think he had... Uh, Duncan had a couple of callers on who say they... they that, what, what they do is come over because they, they, they steal. That's what they, they don't do jobs. He said they don't actually have a proper job. That's what they, they consider as a job, and then they take it back. Because somebody else was saying, oh, they've all got big houses back in Romania. Well, they don't all have big houses. Some of the gangmasters have big houses, but the others are just the minions further down. But nobody works. So they've obviously decided, leave the country, come back in again, which is exactly what they've done. They've all, they've all come back in again. So what, what's going to happen now? I've got no idea. So it's in the lap of the gods. Uh, front page of the... Oh, actually, I'm just having a quick look. I love to look through the papers to find out who who is actually appearing you know in uh, in shows around the country and james blunt is going off tour, uh, touring again and uh, strange enough if if you want to take in a bit of christmas majestic coach tours are offering tinsel and turkey i was excited. i actually thought it was sort of t- oh blimey the computer's gone completely balmy now <laughs> what happened there i think i might have hit a button for some reason make it go back again to wherever it came from. Uh, my tumour was a peanut. Doctors thought a mystery lump in a toddler's throat was a tumour, but it turned out to be a peanut. You worry, don't you, sometimes, with these sort of people. And the front page of the uh, of the mail today, apart from uh, Slimline Kate's, more sparkling than ever. Oh, lovely. Well, there you go. Uh, and the number of MPs employing family members has soared by nearly a fifth. Now, this is... I remember doing this story years ago on LBC, that most MPs employed either their uh, their wives their boyfriends or family members in their offices. That's, that's how you can sort of... We had people operating as secretaries. And now, 155 MPs, that's nearly one in four, have wives, children and even parents on the public payroll. Because it's a bit of a gravy train for them, isn't it? They like that uh, gravy train. And so it's gone to £4 million a year. It's a lot of money, isn't it? But I suppose that makes perfect sense if you're an MP. You want to be surrounded by people that you, that you know. And so that's why you think, you know, that would be the that would be the best thing to do. Sean Lloyd was said to be devastated last night after being uninvited to the wedding of her stepdaughter, Suzanne Ashman, to Ewan Blair. Good Lord, Ewan Blair's got married. Look at that. They kept that one quiet, didn't they? Will that be Pictures in OK or Hello magazine? It's, it's very interesting because it's only her, her stepdaughter. Uh, she married Suzanne's father who's a motor racing entrepreneur, Jonathan Ashman, after a whirlwind romance six years ago and had been prepared to attend tomorrow's ceremony. But just days ago, she was told that she wouldn't be welcome at the Blair family mansion uh, in Watton, a place called Watton, Underwood, in Buckinghamshire, where the wedding is due to take place. She was basically and unceremoniously uninvited, said a close friend, probably her agent, I should imagine. The mystery remains for Sean as to why she's been excluded, but it's been been met by a wall of silence. The Blairs, oh, not saying anything at all, far too po-faced for that kind of thing. Miss Lloyd was unavailable for comment, and a spokesman for Tony Blair said he didn't wish to comment. They're so po-faced, aren't they, these people? I'm not, who cares? I'm more fascinated with you and Blair's getting married. Didn't even know he had a girlfriend. It's LBC 97.3, it's Steve Allen's early breakfast. It's Friday, thank goodness, and it's 4.30. LBC 97.3. Text 84850. Tweet at LBC 973. This is London's biggest conversation with Steve Allen. 
morning, 29 minutes to five. It's LBC 97.3. It's Steve Allen's early breakfast. It's Friday. Thank the Lord we've got to Friday. Because everybody I spoke to yesterday was going, my God, this week is, is dragging, isn't it? So, uh, Joey Essex launches uh, a perfume. It's just a pathetic attempt to try and keep himself in the limelight, but frankly, he's been out of it for such a long time now. I don't know why we would ever bother with him. Uh, the rest of the anyways, Essex crowd, I thought they've all disappeared. We had that uh, ridiculous poor old uh, Lauren Goodger the other day, a woman trying to make some sort of career out of no talent whatsoever. And so she was uh, off for a, a diet clinic, a celebrity hypnotist, a hypnotherapist, load of old poo, isn't it, really? It's dreadful. And then there's the other story, David Cameron backing a college decision to ban pupils wearing the full facial veil for security reasons. Oh, absolutely. It's ridiculous. There's nowhere, we've said this a million times before, nowhere does it say in the Quran that you have to turn up, you know, completely covered up. You just don't. You know, and if you're that worried about being seen out in public, stay in. Makes more sense. All students, staff and visitors at Birmingham Metropolitan College were told they must have their faces visible. But the, the move has been criticised by some students. Well, go to another college then. Go to another college. Grow up. Try and be an adult. It's not easy, I realise. But uh, some people, apparently there was a protest being held at the campus. More than 800 people claimed they planned to attend to stand up for what they called was Islamophobic. They, I'm sorry, you just can't have it. It's ridiculous. This is Birmingham. The year is 2013. The college have a rule. If you don't want to abide by it, go somewhere else. You know, if David Cameron has, has backed it as well. It's just ridiculous. Nobody needs to wear it. It doesn't say anywhere you have to, you know, you dress modestly. Dress modestly. And uh, one here, Vinnie Jones, my story. Once upon a time, I was a rubbish footballer. Now I'm a rubbish actor. The end. Yes, I agree, totally. I totally agree. He's made loads of films, but to be honest with you, have you ever, have you ever heard of any of them? You haven't been watching any Vinnie Jones films? You've got a collection of Vinnie Jones at home. You know, I, I've got the uh, the Dickie Attenborough stuff, you know, and everything else. I, I don't have a collection of Vinnie Jones films, I'm afraid. You know, famous sayings by Vinnie Jones, um, I don't like the way the country's gone. Well, stay out of it then, pal. Stay out of it. We don't want you back here at all. Um, Prince William, a graduate of Santos, was a member of the Blues and Royals, says D. He was still REF. He was flying an REF helicopter. He wasn't in the army. He's, he's REF. Uh, and, uh, one here, says Jason, just packing the camping gear for a trip to Scarborough for bike racing. Oh, God in heaven, Scarborough. Do I like Scarborough? I quite like Scarborough. Yes, I've decided I quite like Scarborough. I don't know why I like... Oh, God. Uh, I've decided... Uh, so I just stubbed my toe again. I'm not having much luck with my left-hand toe at all. It's practically going to fall off any minute. Um, Scarborough. What do we know about Scarborough? It's a, it's a seaside resort, and, and that's it. Are the, are the... Email's not working, or are they just... Is it not refreshing, or... They're working, are they? OK. Yesterday, we had to go onto a different screen for it. So, Kerry Katona's uh, pregnant. Jeremy Clarkson heading off tonight, hand-in-hand with his travelling companion, Philippa Sage. Uh, this state, they call her his former mistress after an evening drinking with friends at the Grout Show. Oh, he smokes. He smokes. I didn't realise that he smokes... And uh, there's a few of his, his friends as well. He's only 53. Why is it that Jeremy Clarkson looks so much older than 53? He's, uh, you know, the, here they are holding hands, out with his pals and all the rest of it. Uh, Cher, dialing back the glamour for the charity cycling event, but can't resist wearing some eye makeup. She's 67, as a picture of it, and she does look like... Actually, there was a woman on the station yesterday in Twickenham. I was uh, very, very odd people on Twickenham station yesterday. This was a woman who looked as though she could have been a witch... She had black hair, very long, and very sort of, you know, she was dressed in what I call goth 
kind of clothes. Her hair was dreadful. It was, you know, really dry and brittle. But her daughter was with her, who looked about five or six, with hair that was too long for a little five and six year old. It really was halfway down her back. And, it, and I thought, oh dear, like mother, like daughter. Anyway, here is, uh, here is Cher looking for all the world like an old 67 year old woman without her makeup on. Because when you see her all done up and she's got her wigs on and, and everything else, she looks absolutely stunning. But uh, she was uh, she was raising money. It's still Cher, isn't it? Do you believe in love at first time? I like Cher a lot, actually. I just think she's quite, she's quite a camp sort of person. Uh, Robbie Williams says regrets don't help. Telling all about his divorces and recent relapse into alcoholism as he prepares for his uh, TV comeback. Oh, this is oh this is funny man Robin Williams. For some reason, I thought it was Robbie Williams. Uh, Robin, you see, I like Robin Williams. He's got a new uh, TV sitcom called The Crazy One, which premieres very shortly. He's, I think he's very clever. He's the hairiest man in the business. The hairiest man. But he's got uh, Hamish uh, Linklater, Amanda Seton and James Walk in the show, and also Sarah Michelle Gellar. I like him. I loved him in Dead Poets Society. Uh, the only one I hated was that film about robots that he did, where he played a robot, something man, wasn't it? U- Universal Man or something like that. Remember? Oh, talking to myself again. Um, <laughs> Emmerdale. It's going to honour the late actor Richard Thorpe with an on-screen funeral. Oh, I didn't know he died. Was that recently that he died? Oh, what a shame. Uh, he died in May, aged 81. Oh, oh, it's a shame, isn't it? But anyway, what they're going to do... Uh, the storyline, which was developed after consultation with the actor's family, will see his character peacefully pass away before an on-screen funeral in October. Oh, that's lovely. And Lorraine Chase is going to return to pay her respects. Oh, dear. I mean, he was a very important person. But you could see as the years went by... I mean, he played Alan Turner for 31 years. That's some going, isn't it? Some going. So very, very pleased that they're going to do something. Uh, A united front, Courtney Stodden, stepping out, looking loved up with her husband, Doug, who looks a little bit strange. She was... I mean, she just looks like a tramp. I'm sorry. I I can think of no other... He just looks like some short, fat squat bloke who married a 16-year-old girl. She smokes... So she must stink like an ashtray. But anyway, he's, he's 54, she's 19, and, uh, and dresses like she's about to work the Reaper Barn. I'm afraid, I've never seen outfits. Like, where do you wear these? Oh, sorry, Brentwood, I've just realised. Brentwood, silly old me. Here she is with her fake hair, her silly little outfits. I know what sort of career she thinks she's got. Please, God, we get her out of the country as quick as possible. Oh, and here's Josie Gibson. Remember Josie Gibson? She was something to do with a television programme. She's, uh, she's not particularly exciting, but in fact she's promoting... A new fitness DVD. My advice every time to you, ladies and gentlemen, is uh, don't ever buy a celebrity fitness DVD. They've had a trainer for a few months. They're doing it for a serious amount of money. You will never, ever lose weight. You will never keep it off. All these people put the weight on time and time again. You go to your doctor. You go and see the proper people. You don't go by some third-rate celebrity. Uh, Vicky is a very annoying person. That's Vicky Entwistle. They're trying to get her out of the uh, house. Carol McGiffin has let her true feelings about Vicky out. I can't quite work out... Carol McGiffin's strategy in the Big Brother house. I can't work out why you would announce you're leaving Loose Women and then all you do is is proceed to just get yourself drunker and drunker on this programme and let all this all this sort of stuff out. I would think, really, you know, she needs to sort of rein back in again and then... Uh, find out, you know, what she's going to be doing now, because I, she's not really, at the moment, doing herself any favours at all. Uh, in Your Face Lucy, 
Who's this? Mario Falcone sending a shocking message to his ex, Lucy Mecklenburg, as he accepts the Sexiest Housemate Award on Celebrity Big Brother. Well, I would think that's fine. He seems to be doing really well. And, of course, Lucy's just a drip, as we all know. I mean, nobody's interested in Little Miss Crybaby. As I say, dragging something out. Oh, Lauren Goodyear again. Frankie Essex uh, celebrating her birthday. This is Joey Essex's sister. Oh, God in heaven, I mean, really, they get rougher and rougher, these people. And here she is, attending her birthday dinner on Thursday evening, inviting Lauren Goodyear. I mean, it's the meeting of the fat people. They all sort of turn up to this event with a, with a photographer and try and pretend that they're, they're sort of big celebrities, whereas, in fact, the only thing big about Frankie Essex is the size of her, I'm afraid. Not a good look at all. Not a good look. Uh, Michael Jackson had a secret diary. Now, that would make good reading, wouldn't it? And uh, he wanted to be immortalised as a movie star on the big screen. That's interesting, isn't it? It's a funny sort of diary. I mean, we've, we've all done diaries. I suppose you've all done diaries as well over the years, where I had a five-year diary, had a little lock on it, as if that didn't make any difference, just rip the thing off. And, and people used to write down, today, and then I, I realised after the first week, I didn't do anything. There was no point in filling in a diary, because I used to write, today, got up, went to school. And that was it. There was nothing else that went on in my life at all, especially if you're a school person. School person. I meant to call myself a school child because it just sounds a little bit, uh, little bit naff. Paul O'Grady says, Neil, how fantastic was he as the child catcher in the stage version of Chitty Chitty Bang Bang? He says, you did me yesterday with the power of suggestion. You mentioned fried bread. Thanks to you all day, I kept getting images of lovely hot fried bread making my mouth water. So I had to have a tiny, tiny slice with my evening meal. It was wonderful. He said, love the zoo photo of the nervous-looking Steve with a bird of prey. Frighten the life out of me. I tweeted a picture. Well, Darren tweeted a picture of me with this bird of prey. It was uh, an eagle or something. I mean, this thing, occasionally it sort of it flapped. And you think, this thing, you've only got to look at the beak and the eyes. And, the, and they're, they're quite... And I thought, it, it could literally... It could rip me to pieces, this thing. The talons on it, because what it does, it, it grips the food and then rips it apart with its talons. Oh, dear. I, I mean, I was scared. I get scared about anything like that. I get scared about uh, snakes, spiders. Not actually seen too many spiders this year. But yesterday, plagued with wasps. Oh, all over the blooming place. Terrible, terrible, terrible. Uh, bicentennial man. Thank you, Paul. Hope all's well with TJ. Hope he's had another quiet night. I still think my story yesterday of uh, TJ, who went into Battersea Dog's home, and a very stressed dog, and strangely enough, I was watching a TV programme, and it was the Australian RSPCA thing, and they had a dog there as well. And again, it was, it was a big dog, and they said, when we take them in, they're assessed for whether you can put them back into society. And this particular dog, they said, we can't. He's, he's, too, he's too old, he's too big... And he's, he isn't adapting at all. He hasn't learned how to change. So, of course, the only thing that they can do is put him down, which was awful. And uh, Paul got his, his dog back from Battersea, just in case there was anything going to happen. He said, it's amazing how much quieter he was when he got him back home. And I said, it's probably because all the other dogs in there went, hi, hi, how are you? What's your name, TJ? Great to see you. Don't go down the corridor. Don't go down the corridor, the white corridor. Oh, no. Lots of friends don't come back from there. We've seen them go down there and they turn around and look plaintive. Oh, don't go down there. So, of course, it, it probably frightened him. So he came back and he thought, I'll be a good boy now. Because that's what happens. You have, to, you have to re-educate dogs. And we had loads of suggestions from everybody yesterday on how to re-educate uh, his dog. One uh, was leaving the radio on, letting, letting TJ listen to either LBC or Classic or something like that. Actually, I found milk for my friend... Today, I always love it when, when, you, when you can help people out. And in fact, uh, Rich, God is me. He came into me today. He said, "There's no milk. There's no, I can't find any milk." I found milk. 
So I gave him a cup full of milk. And then he, and then he tweeted, tweeted about it. <laughs> it was quite funny. Uh, with it being Friday, says Paul in Manchesterford, and the chance of you not being tucked up with Teddy, try to avoid Channel 5 tonight. It sees the start of the much dreaded, sorry, heralded Celebrity Super Spa. As you are sure, I'm sure you know the lineup. It's um, Helen Flanagan, Yvette Fielding, that old fake programme on the television, James Arge Argent, Jodie Latham, who was my niece's love interest in Shameless, and of all people, Rusty Lee. All receiving training to give hair and beauty treatments, followed hot on the heels by Emma Willis and Ryland Clark with the final of Celebrity Big Brother. I've already made an appointment to watch some paint dry. Could I instead recommend the film Music Prom on 4, and then from 9.30 an evening of easy listening, including Andy Williams, Ray Charles and Johnny Mathis. Serious countdown now. Oop here. We lost your sister station on gold the other day still on am so at least you can still get it and of course lbc for all those people who couldn't get it the lbc app is available he says as you were married uh, as you were mentioning kerry coke toner i was just perusing itv's uh, film choice tonight knocked up with seth rogan i shall say no more yes kerry katona that that's already been filmed for the alan titchmarsh show and they'll they'll go on there but frankly it's all her 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 isn't it it's just her taking over everybody, thinking that she's actually important to people. It's in fact, we all know differently, do we not? 84850, uh, Don't forget, we have as well our competition for today. Your chance to win this fantastic iPhone 5S with a competition. And the details of which I shall give you in a moment, because it's quarter to five. LBC 97.3. This is London's biggest conversation with Steve Allen. At last, common sense has prevailed, ladies and gentlemen. Yes, finally, the policewoman who threatened to sue the owner of a petrol station after tripping on a curve whilst investigating a break-in has dropped her claim for damages. I suppose because somebody said to her, listen, darling, you know, don't be silly. Don't be silly. The Police Federation, which represents... Uh, rank-and-file officers, said that WPC Kelly Jones had withdrawn her civil claim... I mean, to be honest with you, it was, you know, it, why is it to do with somebody if somebody trips over something? But anyway, she will bear the financial loss, apparently, with the hope that the wider concerns the public might have can be resolved by a government and the police service for the future. Oh, for God's sake. I mean, it's ridiculous, isn't it? Apparently, she was suing the owner of this Nuns Bridges filling station for allegedly failing to ensure she was reasonably safe. I mean, God, I tell you, I mean, does this woman need help crossing the road as well? I suppose so. So here she is in the paper today. And um, and then apparently in April it emerged she was taking separate action against Norfolk Police after allegedly injuring her knee in a car crash. She's a bit accident prone to be a police officer, isn't she? I think perhaps she'd be better off being a lollipop woman. I think it's obviously taxing her because she's obviously prone to falling into things and then sort of going down there to sue, sue, I'm going to sue. Because when she fell over that curbstone, I, I did seriously believe in my heart of hearts that it was the stupidest thing I'd ever heard in my entire life. She tripped up and then sues because the owner of the garage should have made sure that she wasn't going to fall over. It's called, if you're not old enough to go out by yourself, PC Kelly, I'd stay at home, love. Perhaps do, do, do some knitting or something. I can't understand why these people... There's this compensation mad in this country. You know, if in doubt, I'm constantly reading... You know, and, and adverts in newspapers of people... I mean, I've tripped over loads of times. Loads of times in London. I tripped over Twickenham Station the other day, going up the stairs. Perhaps I should have sued. Perhaps I should have sued. I don't know. Never thought about it. Brian, should I sue? Could I get money out of the, out of the train company for that? Tripping up... They'll go, no, you just pick your feet up. Like, in the case of, you know, WPC Jones. Well, pick your feet up, woman. 
You'd be no good in a run, would you? Come on, oh, leave PC Jones at home. She's, she's too accident-prone. I mean, she, she injured her knee in a car crash. I mean, she's constantly doing things. Bit of a history of it. I think I want to move to Christchurch in Dorset. You know why? Christchurch in Dorset has more retired people than anywhere else in England and Wales. You see, I thought it was Malta. Because it's so cheap to go and live over in Malta, as you know. You can spend 15 weeks on holiday there for just a little over a £1,000. That's not bad, is it? That's not bad at all. They were selling Malta uh, as a holiday destination. Then I spoke to a friend of mine. He said he'd been to Malta. And he said it is full of a lot of mobility scooters. And I said, well, I don't have a problem with mobility scooters. You know, retired people, sometimes you get a much better conversation because everybody's got a story. Everybody's done something. People who either live through the war or they've lived through rationing or they've got a, you know, a, a thought on something, you know, the government of the day or Kerry Katona or whoever. It is. Everybody's got a thought on something. And I thought Malta could be nice, but now Christchurch is beckoning. But I bet it's. A, I bet if you went into a hotel in Christchurch and said, how much for 15 weeks down here? You'd be looking at thousands, thousands and thousands of pounds. Uh, more on um, Sleeping Rough on one of London's most exclusive streets. This is East European beggars setting up camp again. And uh, they're all over the place. They, were, uh, uh, they, they sort of seem to be setting, about, setting fires up and everything else. The, uh, the, the problem was cleared up briefly. Uh, and then, unfortunately, they're back again. And what, what they do, there's, there's another batch here. And what they need to do is they need to stop these people at the border. These are career beggars. That's what they do for a living. They beg. I've seen them all around Piccadilly Circus. They beg. And they go there. They, they had washing uh, strewn around the grounds. The Imperial War Museum. These people have got no respect for this country at all. Why are they allowed in? Absolutely ridiculous. 84850, steve at uk. Uh, apparently, the Celebrity Spa Show might be amusing. Oh, it's never going to be amusing. Look at the line-up. Yvette Fielding. <laughs> oh, dear me. I don't think so. And Helen Flanagan. She's as dim as a brush. Arge Argent can't get arrested. I mean, it's, 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 they're not even micro-celebrities. They're not even celebrities. Yvette Fielding was a very average Blue Peter presenter and now flogs us some old hooey about, you know, most haunted, whereas you've only got to look at some of her clothes in her wardrobe. That makes you feel a bit freaky, doesn't it? Just looking at those sort of things. So the competition for today, ladies and gentlemen, for your chance to get on a Friday... We'd like to send you home with a smile on your face for the weekend. Uh, a chance to win yourself the Apple iPhone 5S. We've given... This will be the third one that we've given away. The third one. It's your chance to get a phone for very little. For very little. You need to know the answer to the question, though. And I don't know if anybody's getting the question right. I haven't even uh, checked at the moment. So the question is, in addition to the iPhone 5S, Apple have announced a second cheaper and more colourful iPhone at the launch on Tuesday. What is the model number? So presumably it must have a model number. for the, Like, we, we, we're offering you the chance to win the iPhone 5S. Well, the cheaper thing must have a, must have a model number as well. It does. Great. OK. To enter this competition, text the word gadget, then your answer, the model number, and send it to 84850. So it's gadget, then your answer, and then you send it to 84850. It's got to get here before 6.30 this morning. Text costs £1.50, plus your standard network rate. If you text after the closing time, you won't be entered, but may still be charged. We play across the LBC network. Full terms and conditions are online at lbc.co.uk. Good luck. That's all I can offer you is lots and lots of, of luck. Uh, Michael's OK. Michael Lavelle. His Corrie comeback has got uh, the green light, which we predicted 
he would have. There's no way that they could not invite him back. And so he had a two-hour meeting with bosses. And he's given fans a big thumbs up. The other thing which I hear through the grapevine is that they might offer him, I'm a celebrity, get me out of here. So in other words, I said that they're going to kill Haley off. Sorry, she, well, she, she's going to die. In fact, also that woman in, um, in Downton Abbey's coming out. You know, the I used to call her the evil woman in the kitchen. I can't remember what her character is. She's always dressed in black and she's not very pleasant. To talk. Anyway, she's, she's coming out as well. And so you've got her coming out. Then you've got Haley Cropper coming out because she's got cancer, so they're going to kill her off at Christmas. So I think what you could do for Michael Lavelle, I kept calling him Kevin Lavelle the other day, you get very confused between the person and the character. I wish he'd be called Sybil or something like that. Make it, make it marginally more easy for people like me to try and remember who he is. But he's been offered, I'm a celebrity, get me out of here, uh, for about, they say, a quarter of a million pounds. And that would be quite a good thing for him to get. How much he would be allowed to discuss, I don't know. They always say, when, when, they, when they put them in the Celebrity Big Brother house or they put them into, I'm a celebrity, get me out of here, that they're going to be telling you things about their private life, because that's why they're in there, because they're controversial. And the truth of the matter is, they can't say anything. They are legally bound. You don't seriously think these stations are going to risk huge multi-million pound fines. Huge multi-million pound fines by actually telling you something that you shouldn't know anyway. I don't think that Michael Lavelle will be allowed to go and I'm a celebrity get me out of here and start talking about this court case. So it's a bit pointless, but they've said it would be good to actually, you know, give him a quarter of a million pounds and that could help it because of the money he's lost over the years. Because all these people have got nothing. They've got no, you would think when you earn a lot of money, as, as they do, I mean, not enough money in terms of how successful the programme has been, you would think they'd all save it and stockpile it. But I remember a number of characters coming out and going, well, I haven't got anything. And you think, but you've been earning sort of £100,000, £150,000 a year. What have you done with it? And of course, if you're a celebrity, you have to go out on the town. You've got to wear a different outfit. They're wearing the same outfit. That's why for poor people like Lauren Goodger and poor Frankie Essex, I mean, you know, two unattractive people in the same family. I mean, what are the odds of that? What are the odds? It's like Little Minx. Mix. It's, uh, it's a case of, you know, where do you find four unattractive girls in the same group? You know, you can understand it, in, you know, in, in sort of, you know, Atomic Kitten, you know, two attractive girls and then Kerry Katona, you know, looking like everybody's favourite grandmother. Really awful. Uh, 84850, steve at uk. Uh, John is also off to Cornwall tomorrow. He says, but tell Noreen not to worry, as I have it on very good authority, the weather will be fine, but packer, packer, packer mac, which was a little tiny, little tiny mac. We've got uh, so much to do today. I have to tell you now, I should tell you out that there is no free podcast for today. And the... the what do you mean there's no free podcast, Steve? Uh, and the reason is, logistically, we cannot put one in today. And I'll have, to, I'll have to explain it to you at some point over the weekend. Because I've got interviews and I'm out for an interview. It's all timed to perfection. And so by the time I've recorded the links... It's, I'm, I'm boring you, senseless, I know. But by the time I've recorded the links for this weekend's In Conversation and the best of Steve Allen, I've then got a, a guest in. And the reason I've got the guest in early is because the second guest is also being recorded early, but we've got to go out to that one. So I, I don't have enough time to fit it all in. It's a bit of a pain, I realise. So uh, I offer humble apologies and grovel at your feet, knowing that you will say, that's OK, Steve, because we know it's going to be a good in-conversation this week. It is. It's going to be Paul O'Grady. And uh, who else are we running this week? It's, oh, Ray Mears. We're gonna, oh, we're running Ray Mears. Oh, good. That'll be good. And then what we'll do is we will run Andy Fairweather Low next week. And I think next week I've got Vanessa Redgrave 
and uh, all sorts of people. So it's quite nice, actually. So I'm, I'm very much, very much looking forward to that. But today we we are particularly up against it. It's it's all got to time to perfection. I've got this horrible feeling that we've only got to get the first interview that falls down for the second one to collapse as well. So uh, we're keeping our fingers crossed. So so bear with me. Bear with me. Uh, Simon Cowell has uh, revealed. I wish I'd been born gay. Uh, Simon reckons he spent so much cash on girlfriends over the years, he could have gone bust. Well, you don't have to spend the same on boyfriends, Simon. Unless, of course, you think that gay people do it for free. Perhaps, you know, you have to pay for girls, take them out for dinner, and if you were gay, you'd have a boyfriend, and you'd take him out for dinner, I'm assuming, unless you want to sit in and do Scrabble or something like that. Actually, talking of Scrabble, you know they've just relaunched Scrabble. Um, it's, it's a new one, but there's all these four two letter words, because I have to be honest, I've, I haven't played Scrabble for years, but they, they sent me in a list of all these four letter, uh, sorry, two, that's what the word for, with two letter words acceptable in the Collins official Scrabble dictionary. I think what they've actually done is they've actually sort of given it a, a makeover because it's one of those, those things, isn't it? Scrabble, it, it tests the mind. A lot of, a lot of people listening go, love a good game of Scrabble. We had travel Scrabble years ago. I've had magnetic Scrabble. The only thing I wish I'd learnt is chess. I never learnt how to play chess. I was never one of those people that quite a grassy. And we had every chess set under the sun. Little hand-carved wooden chess sets, magnetic chess sets, you know, this chess set, that chess set, paper chess sets. And I never learnt to play it. Never, ever learnt to play it. I used to get books from a company called Batsford. Batsford were a specialist publisher, and they published chess books. And you know, you can bring out one book on one chess move. One chess move warranted a book. And I was absolutely fascinated by this. I, I never did any of them, because I, I couldn't talk with any authority on, uh, on chess. But one book, one move. So that's how, how people would sort of learn it. It's interesting, isn't it? So, Simon, even if you had been gay, it still would have cost you the same amount of money, because you'd probably have gone through as many men as women. The good news is, of course, you wouldn't have a kid at the end of it, unless you were planning to adopt. I could see that happening, couldn't you? News at five. On FM, online. LBC 97.3. Text 84850. Tweet at LBC 973. This is London's biggest conversation with Steve Allen. Certainly is, and it's Friday. Busy day today. Busy day today. We like a busy day. It's good. And then there's a, a drink stew this evening, which was fantastic. I watched the one show yesterday. God, it's rubbish. I'd forgotten how bad it was. And they had three girls on there singing a jingle for somebody. They're going, oh, he's this, he's that. And introduced Terry Wogan. I'd no idea he was still alive. But anyway, you've got uh, Matt, Matt Baker on there. It's so false. It's just awful. It's just dreadful, this sort of fake, <laughs> oh, just drives you mad, it really does. And still trying to sort of, you know, flog the programme and try and make it look interesting, but uh, it's not happening, I'm afraid. It's not happening. Uh, Kevin the Milton says, read the clumsy policewoman. If I sued every customer whose front path, gate, steps, stairs, porches, etc., that had damaged me out on the round, I'd be texting you from a yacht in the Med and not from a milk float in an East End back street. It's true, isn't it? I mean, I could probably do it here. I mean, I've, the amount of times I've stubbed my toe, perhaps I should blame, you know, the Australian Chardonnay uh, vineyard that sort of, you know, gives me a, a bottle of Chardonnay every so often, which is quite nice. But perhaps I should sue them for sort of, you know, making me so that I stub my toe under a door or fall up or bend the nail. Oh, anyway, whatever it is, it's dreadful. dreadful. Very funny, isn't it? I do, I do love third-rate celebrities. And uh, Michelle Keegan, as you know, is now uh, engaged to little Mark Wright. That's the 
the strange boy with the receding hair, which is dropping out more by the minute, and uh, a strange, eerie, you know, hello, Sherry, kind of smile. But in fact, they, they, they were talking about Dubai and their nuptials and everything else. But then the other day, uh, Michelle Keegan is uh, opening a new beauty salon on New Oxford Street. I don't know why she'd be picking a, an opening a, a beauty salon. She doesn't even live in London. But um, and she's from a Manchester soap. But anyway, so she was doing that. And, uh, and so the, the reporters wanted to ask her about her pending nuptials. But apparently um, she, didn't, she didn't want to talk about that. I don't want to talk about that. No, I'd rather talk about my hair. It's a stupid woman, not interested in your hair. The only reason you're in the news is because you're going out with him and engaged, however long that can last. It could last for donkey's years, I suppose. Or perhaps you'll just break it off. And then she says, I hate it, my hair's really rubbish. Nobody cares. Nobody's interested in your hair, dear. Shut up about your hair. I want to know what's happening about your nuptials. What will you be having? Will you be flogging the pictures for a magazine because you need the money? Will you be doing a, a chantelle looking miserable one minute and then looking happy and then splitting up with him and then getting back together? Everybody seems to do it. Kim Lomas did it for Coronation Street. We had it in that... It was that ex-Page 3 girl who went on to present on television. And, um, sort of busty sort of girl. She used to advertise double glaze. She's got a husband called Wayne. She's got Melinda Messenger. Yeah, she did the same. Split up with Wayne and then get back together. And they all seem to do it. So I'm I'm expecting it to be the root of of everybody. I'm surprised that Kerry Katona hasn't split up with a fiancé. Now that she's sort of pregnant, I'm assuming she'll then sort of sell that story. And, uh, and we'll all be bored with stupid, bankrupt woman for the second time, allows herself to get pregnant. She can barely afford to keep herself. Perhaps she thinks the money will forever roll in, but let's face it, she's not been particularly brilliant at managing it up until now. So expect more disasters from, uh, from poor old Kerry Katona. On the subject of TJ, another quiet night, says Paul. This is the dog, the stressed dog. He said, um... He said, another quiet night, and just pulled out a little bit more of the hollow fibres from the old quilt. He put on a certain radio station all night, he said, which is enough to send anybody to sleep. He said, I'm not waking him this morning. Not walking him, sorry. Not walking him as it's chucking it down. Not an excuse. Not out there with an umbrella and your galoshes. Come on. Dreadful. Dreadful. Uh, 84850, uh Very interesting. Says Neil, sending me in a... I love when people send in pictures. I just wish that I could, um... That's right. Ten fun facts. You can't wash your eyes with soap. Now, as a, as a child, I remember in the shower when you got soap in your eyes, you go, I can't see, I can't see, I've gone blind, I've gone blind. Nowadays, you don't do that. Uh, two, you can't count your hair. No, you can't. You can't count individual hairs. Okay, you get one, two... You can't do that, okay? Uh, three, you can't breathe through your nose with your tongue out. Yes, you can. Yes, you can. I can do that. And it says, <laughs> four, you just tried number three. Thank you. And uh, and six, when you did number three, you realise it's possible and you look like a dog. Seven, you were smiling right now because you were fooled. Eight, you skipped number five. And nine, you just checked to see if there is a number five. <laughs> so true. So true. I like little things like that. They always, it's, I like something that makes me smile occasionally. I was, I was, what was it that made me smile the other day? It was something really stupid. It was it was a line that I'd used on the programme. It'll come to me in a moment. We're walking down the street. Oh, that's right. It was the little girl at school. She says, I'm Irish and my father's Iranian, so we spent most of our school holidays in customs. And it's such a funny... It just You just had this vision that they'd never been anywhere else apart from customs because they were always being questioned. And every time I'm, I, I say it to myself, it just makes me laugh. 
The fact that it used to be what's red and sits in the corner, which used to be a naughty strawberry. Uh, now it's not. It's something completely different. Uh, 84850, uh Another one here. Let's try and, try and get as many of these possible. A lot of people not, not sympathising with the clumsy policewoman who's decided not to uh, not to sue the garage owner for looking after her when she went out there. But she's obviously accident-prone. So that's uh, that's why... You know, I mean, she was quite right to drop this claim. It, was, I mean, it seems months ago now, though, doesn't it? It seems months ago. Ten past five, in case you're uh, watching. Don and the team say, surely, Steve, the first requirement for a police officer is the ability to walk. Well, it, well you would think so. That officer's a liability. She'll be encouraged to find an alternative career. Human rights lawyer, probably. Preventing Britain from deporting illegal aliens would suit her better. <laughs> I mean, it, it is an odd one. When somebody falls over, you do get... They had a guy on the television a while ago, and he seemed to deliberately go out looking for pavements that were slightly uneven so he could fall over and sue the local council, and he'd made quite a good living out of it. And I've fallen over before, but I never think about doing that, because I'm an adult. You know, when it, when it, when it becomes a police officer who's going to investigate something and then thinks that the... Ga- I mean, really, I mean, th- she's a liability, full stop. Uh, if the In Conversations were free podcasts, no. No, they're, they're payable. They're payable. But it's so cheap. It is so, so cheap. You don't need to worry about, you know, downloading and podcasts. You just go to the LBC website from as little as £2 a month. £2 a month. You can download everything. So, in other words, if you get your skates on, I mean, I wouldn't like to imagine, Paul can probably work that out, how many programmes you could download in the course of a month for £2, and you get to keep them. So, all the celebrity interviews, <clears throat> all the uh, the podcasts on the programme can all be done, you know, quite quickly. It's very, I think it's really, really inexpensive, really inexpensive, and uh, thousands and thousands of you think so too so uh, we get downloaded more than most people well i say we get downloaded more than most people the lawyers always listen to this program a bit more carefully than any other program so uh, that's the interesting thing but we do, why not join the happy band go to the lbc website and learn how to podcast commit yourself to two pounds a month and you can download everything and that means when you go on holiday if you're one of those people who desperately misses lbc as indeed most people do when they go away i get more letters from people saying that they're going to take the program away or they say i took you away with me to australia people save them up or they go back into the archives and uh, and try and find things that they've uh, they've not heard before and then listen to those good frost uh, good frost good send off the other day for david frost uh, alistair campbell was among the mourners and said it was a wonderful send off uh, lots of people were there as well um, uh, TV presenter Stephen Fry was there, plus um, I think Ronnie Corbett was there. There's all sorts of people who turned up, people who'd worked with, with David Frost, who died only a, only a short while ago. My only claim to fame is that I did eat his, uh, his cheese and grapes when he came in to be on LBC, and I did sit behind him in the theatre once, and that's, that's my only claim to fame. I can, uh, I can only tell you that it wasn't, wasn't the greatest claim to fame. Better than nothing, though, isn't it? Much better. There's a, a bus company here. And and it, it, I don't know whether this works for every bus company, but if ever I lose anything on a bus, which I don't, I mean, I've never lost anything on a bus. I've taken people's umbrellas, as you know, before now, but I don't really care about that. You know, you just go out and buy another umbrella. But here's a, here's a bus company, and uh, Arthur Adlam lost his wallet. It had £225 in it. <gasps> Cranky. Including his disability allowance. He lost it on a stagecoach bus whilst taking his children to nursery. Well, the firm retrieved it, so that's good news, isn't it? But they wanted him to stump up a finder's fee. £27.50. They wanted £27.50, which is 12% of the cash, plus a 50p admin charge. 
the dad of four challenged the fee with depot chiefs and became so stressed that he suffered an epileptic fit. Arthur said I was panicking. There was £225 in it and I wasn't sure what I was going to do without it. They charge me for something that doesn't belong to them. Nobody should pay to get their own money back. Eventually, Arthur from Dunfermline in Fife uh, talked the bus firm into accepting £10. Stagecoach yesterday said they would refund Arthur and review its lost property policy. I should blooming well think so too. We had this the other day, didn't we, with Orange. The man who wanted to cancel his BlackBerry contract because it was his son's and his son had died at the age of 14. And uh, an orange said, well, maybe to pay the, the disconnection fee, you can sell the phone. And he said, my son fell off a bridge. The phone was a little bit damaged. What, 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 would you be interested in making me an offer? I mean, you've never heard anything like it. Never heard anything like it. I think Orange immediately then said they would review their, their policy. And blooming well think so too. And Stagecoach. So you lose your wallet. So they've already rifled through it, 225 quid, and charged him... £27.50. 12% of the cash plus a 50p admin charge. <laughs> Shan't be travelling stagecoach, let me tell you, unless they review their policy very quickly. I mean, that's awful, isn't it? Imagine some little old lady. Uh, yeah, we have found your uh, your wallet. Well, failing that, we have found your, your Ming vase. Uh, we'd like £1.2 million if you'd like it restored. <laughs> Imagine. I suppose it could be feasible, couldn't it? But uh, anyway, they're going to review the policy, and that's that's good news. I like it when we get good news at the end of it. We had a case a short while ago, didn't we, of a woman whose uh, husband's war medals came up, I think, and uh, they were sold by Spink, and uh, and she said, but th- these were stolen, and anyway, they uh, they got them back for her. So that that was good news. I like it when companies, you know, stand up and they say, yeah, we admit we were wrong. Because that's all you have to say is, I admit I was wrong, very sorry, let's make it right for you. And then the company gets lots of, lots of glowing reports from people. It's like you'll never find anybody say anything bad about Lakeland's customer service. They have the best customer service I've ever dealt with anybody. They're friendly, they're chatty, they're charming, they're pleasant. The only other people I found as good as were the people from one of the insurance companies, Admiral. Because the insur- they're all Welsh girls. Hello, how are you? I'm fine. What do you do for a living? Who's asked me that? What do you do for a living? You drive a nice car, don't you? And, uh, and you chat away. They're also really, really pleasant. Some people, blooming awful. Quarter past five. Certainly is. Uh, five, they've finished a bit quickly, didn't it? Uh, 5.20 is the time. It's Friday morning in London town, which is lovely. I've noticed that the cast of Downton Abbey have been, uh, oh, pardon me, have been uh, <laughs> forced to, to stop cuddling. Uh, no, no hugging. And you know why? Because apparently in, in one particular scene, Laura Carmichael wanted to hug her grieving on-screen sister, but was told no. And the reason is that the upper classes, and this is no more obvious than our very own royal family, do not show emotion. In other words, one goes, it's terrible. Bridget got run over by a tractor. And people say, it's awful. Anyway, tea for everybody. And that's what they do. And the royal family did that. If you notice, the Queen never cried at, um, I think the only time she cried was when the boat went, or a corgi or something. They didn't cry at Diana, she didn't cry at her, her mother's, death. she might have done it privately, but they don't show it publicly. And so that's what Julian Fellows have said in the programme. You've got to maintain the stiff upper lip of the era. And she's, can't, can't we just have a little hug? Nope. Hugging is forbidden. Absolutely verboten. You do not hug at all. It's a great shame, isn't it, really? Great shame. 
there's also, talking of great shame, this other story is also a, a bit sad. It's a story of uh, Warrant Officer Gary O'Donnell, who became the first serving serviceman in 30 years to win the prestigious George Medal twice for saving lives in Iraq and Afghanistan. He was killed in Afghanistan and he got these medals and his widow is having to sell them to provide a life. And I can't help feeling you see more and more people selling, you know, selling medals because they can't afford. So the medals are are worth a lot of money. It's a difficult decision. They are unique. The only George Medal and Bar to be awarded to a serviceman in the modern era. And and she's having to sell them. She says she needs the money. They reckon they could fetch up to £60,000. Because somebody will, will buy them. Uh, very rarely a museum. Generally, generally, in this particular case, it will be a private collector. But £60,000 can obviously make a lot of difference to her, rather than have a medal sitting in a drawer. Because I always think if it was in our family, I'd be, I'd be hard-pushed, you know, to actually sort of sell it. I won't... I'm a bit funny about things like that. I think that if, if your parents or, you know, a brother or sister or sibling did, did something that, that got them an award, I couldn't, I couldn't sell it. I absolutely couldn't sell it. I'm I'm really funny about things like that. So I've, I consequently I've got my parents' furniture. My brother and I've split it between us because my parents saved hard for it. Why would you just have somebody else have it? I don't want somebody else have my furniture. Uh, I like the story of the old farmer who decided to go down to the pond as he hadn't been there for a while and look it over. He grabbed a five-gallon bucket to bring back some fruit. As he neared the pond, he heard voices shouting and laughing with glee. As he came closer, he saw it was a bunch of young women skinny dipping in his pond. He made the women aware of his presence, and they all went into the deep end. One of the women shouted, We're not coming out till you leave. The old man frowned. I didn't come down here to watch you ladies swim naked or make you get out of the pond naked. Holding up the bucket, he said, I'm here to feed the alligator. Woo! Scaring. We talk about alligators with Ray Mears, because you remember there was the case of that man who decided to cross a river in Australia, and he got taken by the crocodile. And it was a big booger as well. It were big crocodile. This thing was about 13 feet long. And Ray was talking about... Because in, in some China markets, they sell crocodiles and alligators, you know, up to about five feet in length. People, people like them. And they caught one the other day. It was 52 stone. And you look at the power. And, in fact, Ray will be talking about the power of these animals. He said, you cannot imagine. He said, whilst we were filming... He said, some bloke started to walk across the river and people get get out of the river. It's full of crocodiles. You know, they will take you. They they see you as food. What was the other animal that just sees you as food? Oh, polar bears. He said, they don't see you as human. He said, you are, as far as they're concerned, to be consumed. And that's why a polar bear will track you. And that's what we uh, we talk about. It's a fascinating, fascinating interview. Because I said, you know, is 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 a brown bear... The most dangerous animal or a hippo? He said, no. He said, I would think probably, probably, a, probably a crocodile. He said, because they can move so fast, they literally shoot forwards. I think there was a, a clip on YouTube. And it showed a bloke sitting by a bank trying to entice a crocodile out. And he was sitting, it was quite steep. But of course, this doesn't pose any problems to crocodiles. They shoot straight up. And this thing, you know, came out of the water. His friends going, come away, come away. And this thing then leapt forward. Well, you've never seen this bloke jump so fast. Because it quite clearly could have grabbed his leg and dragged him back in, and he couldn't have done a thing about it. You know, he could have been back under the water as fast as possible. And that's what Ray said. These things act quickly. But it's polar bears who, when they stand up, can be 13 feet tall. That's why they they go out, people, onto the ice. You see them in these big trucks which are raised up, and the polar bear practically comes level with the thing. They're blooming dangerous. And he said they are. He said they, they will track you for miles. 
He said, because they purely see you as a food source. They don't see you as anything else. And I remember there was a case a short while ago of a school trip and one of these school lads was attacked by a polar bear. And I remember it vividly because people were saying, do they attack? He said, if they've got cubs to feed, they absolutely attack. That's the, uh, that's the, the, the shame. You just, it's like whenever you see, you know, people talking about lions and tigers, the one thing apparently you're not supposed to do is run because they then see you as prey, so they chase you. In the case of gorillas, you're supposed to stand your ground if a silverback launches himself at you, because apparently he won't actually get you. He might just knock you over, but he won't do anything else. But I tell you, these things are powerful. You go to London Zoo, you have a look at their, their silverback there. He's enormous. He's, a, he's all muscle. He looks like, you know, a crocodile. If a crocodile could be a, could be a gorilla, that's what, they, that's what they look like. Uh, it should be illegal says Bob, to sell medals as it in a, is in America. I think it's a great... What do you do, though, if you're stuck with a medal in a, in a drawer and you've got no money? What do you do? Do you do you sell it to feed yourself or do you think, oh, I'll have to think of something else? Because once you've sold it, it's very difficult to get it back, isn't it? And that's why you, you have to feel sorry for somebody who actually needs to sell the, uh, these sort of things because they have to survive. She's got children. Uh, 84850, Paul in Poplar says, I can count the hairs on my head, there's none to count. Ah, you see, but there is. There's always going to be some hair on your head, but you never, you can't, you can't count them individually. You could just take a little clump. Can't count them, though, can you? (laughs) I have it on good authority that Joey Essex is going to the jungle this year. Well, if he doesn't have any work, he might have to. He might have to. I don't think there's any other word. He's launching these two perfumes, but I think by now the public have realised that it's part of all rubbish, these perfumes. Celebrity perfumes. Jade launched one. It was a bit like toilet duck. It sort of cuts out the middleman. They've all done it. Jordan's got her low... They're all cheap perfumes. They are designed... Even the Beckhams have got, have got cheap perfumes out because everybody does it. I went down to a place in the East End about, about ten years ago because a friend of mine had a, a shop and wanted to have a shampoo, his own shampoo... And you go to this laboratory and they can create fragrances for you. And they put together a, a, a package and they go, right, you know, £700, it's this and it's going to smell like this. And you go, mm, can you make it a bit more fruity? And they go, yeah, we can add a bit more fruits. They add a bit more of the, uh, of the thing. And you end up creating your own, your own shower gel in this particular case. And I've seen people developing their own perfume. These people know nothing about perfume. Joey Essex wouldn't have the... F- he's too stupid. You know, Jade Goody didn't have the faintest idea how a perfume was created. What they do is they do the same as for Jordan. They go, listen, we're actually going to launch this perfume here. It's called Intimate or it's called Whoopee or something like that. And uh, have a smell of it. Does it smell nice? Mmm, yeah. And they, so they tell them about it so that when they go out to flog it, then sound as though they roughly know what they're talking about. And, uh, and then it goes on sale and it becomes remainded in the pound shop. And that's and that's that's the end of it. But they all do it, don't they? They've either got to bring out a perfume or clothing. In the case of My- Michael, the case of Michael Barrymore, which we revealed exclusively on the program yesterday, Michael Barrymore has launched a clothing range uh, and thinks he's going to make a comeback onto television. I don't know. I shall uh, I shall try and find out about that. It'll be, be very interesting. Coming back into the West End. Oh, I tell you what, they've done huge business for Les Misérables. Uh, not Les Misérables, Miss Saigon. Coming back in again next year. They've taken four million pounds already. Which is not bad. Not bad for a show coming. I loved it. I love that show. I thought it was absolutely, really, absolutely brilliant. Provided they, they stick a full orchestra in, it's worth every penny. Uh, Steve Allen talking this morning. 
about uh, Lakeland Plastics and customer service, which is brilliant. And uh, somebody else saying, surely a basic requirement for a copper is to be observant. She should have seen the curb. Well, I mean, she should have known it was there. But anyway, she's dropped the, uh, the, uh, the money thing, which is probably the best thing she's ever done in her entire life. It's LBC 97.3. It's 5.30. LBC 97.3. Text 84850. Tweet at LBC 973. This is London's biggest conversation with Steve Allen. Morning, 28 minutes to six. Do you know that one in seven children go to school hungry? But then, you know, given the choice, if, if you're a kid, you can always pick up something in Starbucks or Cafe Nero, can't you? Or you can go to a Morrison's. They're open from six in the morning. Go and pick up something to eat on the way to school. I mean, gone are the days. I don't, I don't seem to remember when we were young actually having breakfast before we left for, for school in the morning because you, you're a kid. So, no, no, and what mum has got enough time to start cooking a breakfast in the morning? They go, do you want some cereal? Well, the cereal's there. Go and have a bowl of cereal. And so most kids go to school on that. 82, sorry, 820,000 children are forced to miss breakfast at least once a week due to parents struggling to put food on the table. It's nothing to do with that. They don't want to do it. And most kids want to stay in bed. What would you rather have? Get up a half an hour earlier and have a bowl of cornflakes or sugar puffs or salad stuff. Shredded wheat or whatever it happens to be. Other cereals are available uh, in different places and in different sizes. And you can and add that, or you get an extra half, half an hour in bed. I'd rather have the half an hour in bed and sleep as opposed to getting up and having, you know, some sort of bowl of cereal because I, I don't think my mother ever, ever cooked a breakfast for us. I don't remember. She didn't have enough time to do that. She had housework. She had to get us to school. And then eventually, of course, you know, parents get no. I mean, my, when I say get us to school, my parents' idea of getting me to school was to push me outside the door. Yeah, but it's raining. Mum, it's raining. Well, you're going to get wet then, aren't you? Run to the bus stop. And so you went down there. We didn't have an umbrella. Have you noticed? School children don't have umbrellas. They do not possess umbrellas. They, they, so they just walk yesterday. Of course, I didn't predict the weather either yesterday. I thought it was going to be nice, and I walked out of here, and it was, it was drizzling. I thought, oh, no. The time I got back to Twickenham, it wasn't coming down hard, but it was certainly enough to make a difference to my uh, well-quaffered hair. I sort of, you know, got home looking a little bit like a drowned rat. But all the school kids looked in exactly the same position. So when you're young, they push you out of home, you go down, you stand by the bus stop, and, and you get a bar of chocolate or something on the way to school. That's how it works. Nobody has breakfast. Although if I start talking about fried bread and eggs and sausages and beans and tinned tomatoes, I like tinned tomatoes. I don't like fresh tomatoes. Tinned tomatoes. Black pudding is the only thing I could not be eating and would not be eating. That's why. That's why. Uh, so children are going hungry. And that Barbara Windsor was in the papers. I noticed it was on, the, uh, on one of the uh, LinkedIn pages the other day. And she has, uh, she's half slammed EastEnders, she hasn't half slammed them, for actually killing off Pat Evans. Now, of course, uh, we were with... Now, we talked this the other day, Pat Butcher, didn't we? Pam St. Clements. Anyway, uh, but she was honoured by the Lady Ratlings a short while ago. And uh, as you know, Barbara's going to go back in. Get out of my pub! She's going back into EastEnders for a guest appearance. And uh, she says getting rid of her, her pal last year was a big mistake. Which everybody agreed. She says, I think that Pat is sorely missed from the show and it was a bad choice to kill her off. Sorry if I offend the people who made that decision, but that's how I feel. Well, good for her. Everybody said exactly the same. It, she was such a good character. It was, it was the same in the bill, wasn't it, when they decided to axe various characters from the bill. I mean, that was the time. I thought, why? You know, if, it, if it's not broke, don't try and fix it. Leave it as is. 
you know, Pat Butcher was a, a, an, a an essential part of EastEnders. You need that stability. You need the characters in there. And, uh, and she was good. Because Barbara makes her comeback on uh, Friday, seen dashing to the hospital where son Phil is gravely ill following a car crash. But, um... Uh, he, McFadden said he was delighted to work with Barbara again. I think they, they get on really, really well. She said, Steve was the reason. I had no hesitation in returning. I count him as one of my most trusted friends. My admiration for him as an actor is way up there with the best. Nice, isn't it? 25 minutes to uh, six. Now, this Sunday morning, I'll be talking to a man who uh, I would want to be lost with in the wilderness, as there's nothing Ray Mears doesn't know about survival. I think he could keep even me alive on a windy moor. But as well as writing books... His TV programmes, he's got a company that teaches people the, the basics. In fact, his, his website's very active indeed. There is a, a very serious side to his career, which became especially apparent when the hunt for Raoul Moat was taking place, as the police sought Ray's advice to track him down. I didn't talk about it at the time because I didn't want anyone to think that in a way hmm. I was trying to profiteer from it. It's just one of those... It's skills. a difficult thing, isn't it? You're, you're caught between the devil and the deep blue well, sea on that. you've got the television... If you're a television pre- presenter, the people, there are some people who think you're just an actor. Yes, but yes. I mean, but I do this for real. And, you know, I taught, I've been, I taught the army for survival for ten years. I've been working with the police to help them with tracking for a long while. So, yeah. you know, it was on the cards at some point that something like this would come along and... You know, I was just the right person there at the right time. Yes. 40 years' experience of training. And then along comes Gaza with a fishing rod. It was a very complex event, and mm. it was a trauma for everybody yes. concerned. Uh, very traumatic uh, for, for people at the time. For everybody, for the community, for the victims. Yeah. Um, my heart goes out to, to, to the victims, and of course for him too. And the, 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 you know, the questions that we should be asking is, how do we prevent these things happening yes. in the future? Ray Mears, in conversation this Sunday from uh, 6 o'clock. Very interesting man, you know. Very, very interesting. I love his website. Let's check out his uh, website. He does all sorts of holidays and uh, things where he teaches people. Then he's got this, uh, I think it's called Woodlaw, this uh, company which looks after various things. He talks about the death of his first wife. He talks about a lot of the, uh, the tragedy and growing up as, a, as an only child, which, of course, makes you very independent. Very interesting interview. So there'll be him and there'll be Paul O'Grady this coming Sunday for In Conversation. Which is, uh, which is great. So there's a book for Ray Mears and for Paul O'Grady. There's just lots of television appearances coming up. Uh, the Mirror's Hannah has been to this celebrity beauty salon where the completely useless Helen Flanagan and uh, Yvette Fielding, who's uh, really looking a bit barking mad at the moment, and uh, an Arge as well, who can't get arrested. You know, the singing career, nobody's, nobody's buying that idea, I'm afraid. And so the best he can get is a, is, a, is a little salon. It's a Channel 5 pro. It'll never be seen. Nobody will ever be watching this thing. It's only just done because it's got uh, so, many, so many non-entities in it. I mean, Helen Flanagan, I swear a lot and have a few paddies. I was rather rude to some people. Well, I've no doubt that's what you're like in real life. That's why I, for one, will not be remotely interested in, uh, in watching. Uh, 84850, Steve at LBC. Uh, Steve, you asked how long to download the programme. I download and keep your shows using a real player, plus I've got BT Infinity Unlimited Broadband and can download the normal morning show in about 35 seconds. Blimey. It's good, isn't it? You're a little bit extra in, in, uh, in about five. So I could comfortably download all your regular shows still on the system in one day. That's not counting the in-conversations. He says, obviously, watch what you're doing. If you've not got unlimited, it can get pricey. And be aware when listening on the LBC and uh, TuneIn apps live. If you're on pay-as-you-go, it can cost. 
especially if you're out and about and on roaming mode. As you always say, never stuck for something to listen to and worth every penny. Thank you. Yes, I, mean, I think it is too. Because it's if, if you go away on holiday or you're in the car or something like that, and you think, oh, I don't want to listen to the local station. Why can't I listen to LBC? Or if you're going into hospital, you know, that that's the nice thing, to actually make some of these uh, podcasts work for you. And you keep them. It's not like some things where you, you're borrowing it for a set period of time, then immediately can't access it. Once you've downloaded these, you can keep them. So I always say to everybody, when they say, oh, I've just taken out a subscription to podcasts, I say, well, download everything. If, if Paul can do it that fast, he could do the whole the whole catalogue of LBC in uh, in a day. It takes him on average 35 seconds to download, but take his advice on just check what you've got. You know, if, if you're paying as you go along, just be careful. Just make sure you've got the right things to download. If in if in doubt, check with your supplier, as they say. And uh, and good luck, because it's worth having. Even if, you, if you're going abroad for I know people who've saved up 15 podcasts, so they deliberately don't listen to the programme again. They wait until they're on holiday, and then they listen to the uh, to the programmes then. So that's what uh, that's what you have to do. Uh, 84850, uk. Don't forget we've got the gadget giveaway for today, because the other day Scott Bowden from Belvedere bagged himself the new Apple iPhone 5S. That's two we've given away. Two we've given away on the programme. Uh, he was the first to identify that the first Apple logo did feature Sir Isaac Newton sitting under an apple tree. See, I never knew that one, so I, I wouldn't have uh, won on that one at all. Uh, the new one today, well, it's the Apple iPhone 5S, of course. It's got uh, iOS 7 installed, better camera, fingerprint scanner for extra security. And uh, the question is, in addition to the Apple iPhone 5S Apple have announced a second cheaper and more colourful iPhone at the launch on Tuesday. What is the model number? What is the model number? To enter, text the word gadget, G-A-D-G-E-T, followed by your answer, and send it to 84850 before 6.30 this morning. Text costs £1.50 plus your standard network rate. If you text after the closing time, you won't be entered but may still be charged. We play across the LBC network. Full terms and conditions online at LBC. Dot co dot uk. It's a nice, nice, nice prize today. So uh, have a go for it. Uh, some of the cheap perfumes you refer to are actually quite good. We can't all afford top designer labels like you can. Some of us are on minimal wage. Well, you shouldn't be wearing cheap perfume anyway, then, should you? What a stupid waste of money, honestly. Peter, Peter Andre's recent one was rather good. Oh, it was awful. Was, I'll tell you the one we thought was the worst. We went out and did a test the other day. David Beckham's. Poor. Really awful. In fact, honestly, I thought I was attracting wasps or flies at the very outset. It was ghastly. But uh, they aren't. And also, surely it's false economy to buy cheap. You know, if you had an ounce of intelligence, then what you would do is, as opposed to buying cheap perfume, you'd save up for a couple of times and then you'd buy a nice bottle of something. Why buy cheap stuff that wears off in seconds when you can uh, save up for a little bit and have something really nice? But that's, of course, just being an adult, isn't it? That's uh, kind of, you know, being taught how to, uh, how to manage your money. I never understand why people buy, buy cheap stuff. It's like buying cheap clothes. It's like buying cheap clothes. Uh, 84850, if, if you had to choose one person to be stranded with, would it be Ray Mears or Bear Grylls? Ray Mears or Bear Grylls? Well, I've done both. I've done both. Who would I want to be stranded with? <sighs> I don't know, actually. That's a real tough question. I mean, could I take them both? Could I take them both? Because that'd be quite handy. You could keep one sort of, you know, in, inside a tree stump or something until you needed him. Uh, I, I, I don't know. 
Well, that is a really, really difficult question. Which one would you take if you were going to be stranded in the wilderness? Ray Mears or Bear Grylls? Ray Mears. Ray Mears. And I don't say that because he's on this week, and, I, and I, I love Bear Grylls as well, but I just, I just think Ray would be a bit more... I don't know. I just think he would know something about everything, whereas... It makes it sound as though Bear Grylls doesn't know these things, but he does. It's a difficult one, but the fun thing is they, they, have, a, they have arguments between themselves. I think Ray has slagged off Bear, Bear Grylls before now, saying some of the advice he gives isn't right. So it's six of one and half a dozen of the other. I don't know. I, th- I think I would probably take Ray. I don't know why. Oh, dear. Uh, question. When a serviceman or woman is killed in the line of duty, surely their family should be given a substantial amount of compensation. Selling medals should not be allowed under any circumstances. Well, I think this is, if there's a danger somebody is going to sell the, the medals, then you don't give them the medals. Because that's just... Although, I don't know. If you need the money, that's it. Uh, Steve, there are lots of parents, uh, lots of children whose parents really don't have the money, and malnutrition is rife in the UK. Look at the increase in food banks. I realise now how lucky I was as a child. Porridge in winter with hot chocolate for breakfast, cereal and juice in the summer. But it's, it's so cheap, these things now. They're not expensive. I mean, I saw a couple the other day, and they were shopping in Poundland, and they've got two kids in pushchairs. You know, if you can't afford to have children, don't have children, and they're both smoking. They're both pushing... The, she's wearing, you know, the obligatory fake Ugg boots and the tracksuit bottoms and the worn-out G-string. And he just looks like he's sort of a grubby old ex-football supporter who's probably got tattoos up the side of his neck. And I was thinking to myself then, but they can afford to smoke. You know, surely, if you're that concerned about, you know, looking after your children, giving them porridge isn't expensive at all. You can buy a big bag of oats really cheaply. Look at Jamie Oliver. He's shown people enough times... How to make, you know, a meal for four people for a fiver or three. So what do they do? They go out to Kentucky Fried Chicken. They go to Pizza Hut. They go to all these different places. They go out to Fish and Chips. But if you're doing Fish and Chips for four, you've got to be looking at minimum 15 to 20 pounds. Well, you can cook a meal for less than that. You know, a really good, nutritious meal. So I never understand why people complain. They say, oh, no, people are on poverty line. They can't afford this. It's only because they smoke and drink. I bet you anything, they've all got big colour televisions. So perhaps less of the uh, the luxuries, a little bit more of the essentials. Quarter to six. LBC 97.3. This is London's biggest conversation with Steve Allen. Very interesting. I was having a good old laugh earlier on looking at the poor picture of poor Frank Essex celebrating her birthday by going out with uh, Beach hut size Lauren Goodrew who's wearing an ill-fitting boiler suit. Frank Essex just looked like an old... Just old. And so they go to this this place called STK. And uh, I've never heard of it before in my life. But I'm having a look through their menu. My God, it's not cheap. Uh, they do here uh, the grill. And they do ribeye steak, medium, 33 quid. Uh, if you want to do large, they do Chateaubriand, 58 pounds. <laughs> it's obviously for sort of Essex people who've got a lot of money, I should imagine. Uh, they do free-range chicken, sweet red cabbage, baked garlic sauce, £16.50 for a chicken. You can buy chicken for about a pound nowadays. Caramelised pork belly, five-spice chilli, black vinegar, eighteen seventy-five. But the one that it sounds quite nice, coconut fried halibut. The producer would like that, he likes that kind of thing. Asian noodle salad, hot tamarind dressing. That's £22.50. 
Not a cheap place, is it? Not a cheap place. But uh, they do, do... What was this one I quite like? Head to hoof. Veal mixed grill, £23. 72-hour bray short rib. Worcestershire sticky glaze and parsnip mash, £19.50. I hope that uh, Lauren Goodyear wasn't having any of that stuff. Otherwise, she'll be having to fit into two boiler suits. She should be really eating at the salad bar, whereas Joey Essex, a wholly inappropriate outfit. I don't know where they get stuff like that. That's just what trashy people are wearing round Brentwood nowadays. But there was a picture of her uh, sister, brother, uh, Joey Essex, who was launching both male and female perfumes. And decided to wear a suit that was half male, half female. And they said, at least it detracted from that god-awful tan of his. Poor soul, they can't help it, can they, these people? They have no idea at all. So Big Brother finishes tonight, that's good. Very pleased about that. Slightly worried about Prince William coming away from his uh, duties with the RAF. I know they've said it's to train him up to be a king-in-waiting, but can't he do both? He's only young. I'm assuming that he'll, he'll now do the rounds. He'll end up being as fat as Prince Andrew. You don't want to end up looking like Prince Andrew, do you? But here's a man in the paper today who gets the Sheer Balloonacy Award because he's an adventurer. His name's Jonathan Trapp, and he's attempting to fly the Atlantic suspended under 365 party balloons. But they're not just any old party balloons. If you saw the little French film The Red Balloon, La Rouge Ballon, uh, then you will know that it is entirely possible to lift people. And in fact, it looks like that film. What's that film where that old man takes his house... It's a cartoon up. It's exactly like that. The balloon's on the house, lifted up, and he's done it here, but with a, a basket. And he's hoping. And, well, in fact, he's gone. He's gone already. He comes from uh, Caribou, Maine. No, he doesn't. That's where he's set off from. Five men have died attempting this feat before. It would frighten me. You know, because you are at the mercy of these balloons, aren't you? And they just, you could go up, 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 and then bang. They just, uh, they just explode. Not a lot of uh, fun. I am out of here. This is Prince William turning his attention to endangered animals. He's only 31, you know. 31 years old. And he wants to focus on conservation, particularly the fight to stamp out the vile and illegal trade in rhino horn and ivory. So he's obviously going down that route, isn't he? He's going to go for the conservation route, which I'm assuming he's picked up from his father. And so uh, yesterday... He joined Chinese basketball star Yeo Ming to record two messages appealing for an end to the cruel trade. So, um, here he is, you know. I mean, if, if that's the way it goes, then that's the way it goes. I wish he hadn't. I wish he'd stayed in there because he, he sort of became quite, quite normal while he was in there doing, doing the sort of things which, you know, you expect him to do. Uh, 84850, speaking of attacks by wildlife, some of the most protective and vicious creatures are seagulls. They seem to be getting worse, don't they, actually, seagulls? I've seen pictures on the television. I've seen YouTube clips of uh, of people having their ice creams nicked by seagulls. You obviously, obviously know a good thing when they see it. They think to themselves, "We'll have some of that." All we've got to do is just go down there, and um, and we end up taking it, which is lovely. Nobody's going. You're not going to argue with the seagull. They're a little bit dangerous again. Uh, going back to the podcast at the moment. Other than the the bit extra, the full length shows are not available for Android and iPhone to download and keep easily. However, real networks, says Paul in Manchesterford, are in the process of developing a system that will do it, which will be live very soon. If you Google Real Player and go to their website, leave your email address, they will contact you once it's rolled out. Once it's up and running, open up a podcast account and then peruse the whole back catalogue of the goodies. Sounds lovely. I'm all in favour of that. Just download as much stuff as possible. So, having told you that David Frost gets a good payoff, having told you the good news that uh, PC Kelly Jones 
has decided that she's not going to sue the garage owner as she tripped over. And having told you that Michael Lavelle has been offered a return to Coronation Street, but only if he can control his drinking. But I would have thought what he does outside the station is really nothing to do with the company. As long as it doesn't affect his, his, his work, then that's OK. But if, if it starts affecting the work and the people around him, then, of course, you have a slight problem. I mean, perhaps he doesn't want to give up drinking. Perhaps he doesn't want to go back. Perhaps he thinks he can make a career on the reality circuit. You know, they all do it, don't they? they they've all had a, a go at trying to resurrect careers. For some people it works, some people it doesn't. I think you should take, if they have it on offer, I'm a celebrity, get me out of here. Uh, buy cheap, says Maxine. You buy twice. I get my favourite perfume twice a year. Birthday and Christmas. Eccentric. Mole- Is it Molecules? Zero one. Lovely. There you go. Kevin the Milkman says, they say laughter is the best medicine. Then listen to the Steve Allen podcast in hospital. You'll be home in no time. He says, there you go. I'll write your ads for the show. <laughs> Lee in Chester, he says, if you were to do a perfume, what would you call it? Bitch. It'd be bitch. It's as simple as that. Um, <laughs> Philip says, I used stampede aftershave. Put it on and stand back for all the ladies to arrive. Girl, oh, dear. Shall we touching that one? Uh, and Harry says, very good to see the 20 mile an hour limit for the City of London. Will be better for, for the pedlos and the cyclists. I'll be happy to see the pedlos taken off uh, and pushed off a cliff at Land's End. Thank you very much indeed. Illegals, not paying any tax, uh, driving the wrong way up one-way streets. And uh, cyclists, couldn't care less about, really couldn't care less about. 20 miles an hour, it's going to roll out over most places. But you can't go further and faster than 20 miles an hour. I defy anybody driving in London after about 7 o'clock this morning. What, you think you can go faster than 20 miles an hour? <laughs> Come down here. I'll show you. They're going to introduce it in Twickenham as well. They've said that they're going to introduce 20 mile an hour speed limits in Twickenham. Once they've done the, the town centre, that's what it's going to be. It's going to be very interesting. I'm, I can't wait for them to bring in. I have started seeing more. I'll tell you what I've started seeing a lot of. I've started seeing a lot of cyclists actually stopping at red traffic lights. It's unheard of round here. Absolutely unheard of. Because go back three weeks and nobody stopped at red traffic lights. Sometimes cars didn't even bother stopping. But the uh, the cyclists have started stopping. There's a few rogue ones and I will shout at them. Oi! 50 quid fine. 50 quid fine, mate. And so you have to be very careful because the police sometimes hide around the corner just to nick them. And they, they get loads around here. They really do. It's, it's, a, it's a very busy place around here to actually get uh, get cyclists. So the advice is... Stop at red traffic lights. Please stop at red traffic lights. Makes it so much easier. You don't want to, uh, don't want to sort of be saddled with a, a dreadful fine, do you? Uh, the sell-off as well is the, uh, is the Royal Mail being sacrificed in a £3 billion fire sale to bail out the government's failed economic policy. Um, a business minister, Michael Fallon, defended the sell-off, boasting the success of previous flotations meant nobody wanted a reversal. He told MPs, I can remember almost every privatisation and it's initially been opposed. Well, of course, everything's always opposed at the time. And then it, then they, they push it through. Uh, energy, of course, Margaret Thatcher privatised uh, British Gas in 86. And today the six suppliers control 99% of the market. Water, bills have soared 200% since the industry was privatised. The average bill has leapt from 129 quid to £388. Now, I wouldn't mind, but you only ever borrow it, don't you, Water? It's sort of, you, you borrow it in your bath, and then it goes through, it's cleaned, and they sell it back to you again. So I've probably bought my water loads of times. On the railways, John Major and the Tories set the wheels in motion for privatising British Rail. 20 years on, and passengers are paying the price with inflation-busting fare increases set to rise again this year, this time by 9%. 
It's not good news, is it, if you're a commuter, if you're a traveller, and you think to yourself, well, what do we get for this money? The answer is you get nothing. You get from A to B. You wouldn't, I, I, I wouldn't actually mind so much if they actually sort of gave you a free packet of biscuits or a cup of coffee. But you get nothing. Nothing now for your uh, for your rail fares at all. Uh, 84850-steve.lbc.co.uk. Paul says a, a jiffy bag of goodies will be sent to you on Monday. Look out for it. Thank you very much indeed. I like, I like gift bags. We've had a, quite a number of gift bags of late, which, um, uh, which I'm very pleased about. Uh, the Eurovision Song Contest. Is it fixed? If it's true, says Cheryl Baker, it's a tragedy and a travesty. We'll find out more on that after the news at six, which is next on LBC 97.3. LBC 97.3. Text 84850. Tweet at LBC 973. This is London's biggest conversation with Steve Allen. <laughs> I love winding up cyclists because they're always so sad. They're always so sad. Why don't you care about cyclists? It's the motorists who are the bloody problem. They should use their eyes and mirrors and look out instead of squashing them like insects. Oh, if only it were that simple. If only it were that simple. Well, of course, as we've said before, Mark, and it's not your fault, you know, you're not, not the brightest penny in the box, but, you know, you have to observe what goes on on the roads. I don't know a problem with cyclists, provided they adhere to the, uh, the highway code. You know, and you learn how to cycle properly. But having having little sort of lycra things on and go faster stripes doesn't make you any more intelligent than the next person. And and uh, they watch, though. Rachel is a cyclist, is she? Right. Well, she'll have to get upset. I couldn't go last. As long as they all stop at traffic lights, that's good. You just be good little children. Stop at traffic lights and we'll all be very happy. Don't cycle on the pavements, because I'll trip you up. OK, simple as that. That's how it works. It's London. It's harsh, but uh, it's fair. Uh, I had to laugh... Uh, this morning, 5.15, whilst driving past Twickenham Station to Hounslow, there was a fire engine parked badly on the railway bridge and the entire clientele of the travel lodge standing outside in dressing gowns. Don't be so ridiculous. Nobody goes to a travel lodge has got a dressing gown. Does anybody wear dressing gowns nowadays? People possess dressing gowns? No, they don't. That's a girly thing to have, isn't it? I've got one. Um, I like a dressing gown, but I wouldn't, I'd never, I wouldn't take one to a travel lodge. And as far as I know, they don't supply them at travel lodges. So I'm assuming... They must have been filming something. They can't have just been standing outside, can they? Well, I don't know. They might have been, actually. Uh, in conversation, and, um, uh, and one here that says, I think Paul should be a candidate for your personal interviews. His wealth of knowledge is fabulous. His people, I'm always amazed. Well, actually, I'm not amazed at all. I'm always delighted when I, I put a question out to you and discover that 99% uh, of, of people know the answer to it. So I, if I say, what was so-and-so, so-and-so, I can guarantee at least 10, 15 people will send me in the answer. And I go, oh, I see, people know these things, which I'm very happy about. Um, front pages of the papers you're waking up to this morning, being Friday, and frankly, we've made it through the week. Actually, before I go any further, I must, before I do the, uh, the front pages of the papers, I must tell you the, the weather for today, because yesterday, I'm, fra- I'm sure I got it wrong, because I didn't predict rain at all, and so this morning, I bring an umbrella in, because they've said it's a cloudy start, with outbreaks of rain clearing eastwards to allow some bright spells developing, persistent rain late afternoon. So that means I've oh, got to come back into town. I have to bring my umbrella with me. Uh, currently 11 degrees. The high today, 19. Tonight, mostly cloudy. Outbreaks of rain continuing across London. Minimum overnight, 12 degrees. Tomorrow, chilly and cloudy start with rain slowly clearing eastwards to allow sunny spells to develop for most of the afternoon. The high, 16 degrees centigrade. And the further three-day forecast, Sunday, bright start, rain developing, windy. Windy. 
Monday, very windy, bright spells and showers, and Tuesday, windy at times, heavy rain possible. And that's why the Express this morning, their main headline is, apart from Madeleine, mum's tears over tidal wave of lies about her daughter's disappearance. This is the libel trial uh, in Portugal over this book, which has come up with some absolutely amazing things. You know, Madeleine was murdered in the apartment. I mean, there's no evidence to, su- to suggest any of this. Uh, the, the, the McCanns did it just for the money to rake it. Well, they didn't get any of this money. This went to pay very expensive lawyers, I'm afraid. So anyway, she's over there. And they're looking for a million pound compensation. Whether they get, I don't think the Portuguese courts award that kind of money. I just don't think they do. But the other headline on the Express today, apart from the Duchess of Cambridge being very happy, thinking that now William is going to be more times at home, more royal events, we can go out and we can, we can have tea. And he, he should be an accomplished after dinner speaker very shortly, I would think. Um, the 70 mile an hour gales, which they say are going to batter Britain, storms will cause widespread chaos. I remember being in Yorkshire when we had a storm some years ago, and the wind was so, and we were literally battening down hatches. You know, you did see, we've seen it in America when they've had these dreadful hurricanes, and you'd watch literally buildings, the roof just peeling off, peeling off like it was a piece of tissue paper. Absolutely terrible. So if we get 70 mile an hour gales, it could batten, uh, batter Britain, and uh, they say two and a half inches of rain just when you thought it couldn't get any worse. Do you seriously think all the, uh, the people, the, the beggars up at Hyde Park Corner are going to be sitting there by Marble Arch when, they, when the heavens open? I don't think so. Uh, Paul says, on the trips to Battersea on Tuesday and Wednesday, saw exactly what you meant about cyclists jumping red lights like they ruled the road, weaving in and out of cars with no thought they could have been knocked over. Scared the hell out of me. Yes, they are. Oh, some of them are, ag- uh, some of them are aggrant, uh, are, are very ignorant about road use. They, they, they seem to, ooh, with cyclists, you know, kind of thing. We have them all round our way. There's obviously some, some Kingston cycling club or something where they all go out, you know, and put their little, their little lycra on and go up and down the road, sometimes two abreast, until the police stop them. And, uh, and then they sort of give them a wrap over the knuckles, because it's just dangerous, I'm afraid. It is just dangerous. And you have to stop at, at red traffic lights. We have to do it! Everybody has to do it. Uh, 84850, my aftershave would be called breadcrumbs, because all the birds love it, says Byrne. It's an old one, but it's a... It's an old one. Uh, Steve, I'd love to be able to drive at 20 miles an hour in London. It would double my average speed. <laughs> I think so. Uh, don't forget, you have to leave home a lot earlier to get to LBC on time, as even your drive will have to stick to 20 miles an hour. No, that's only in town. That's only in town. Out of town, it'll be, it'll be quite normal. Uh, I, I don't... Th- to be honest with you, unless they're going to put speed cameras in uh, all over the place, which I think we're putting in in Twickenham, and they'll probably end up putting them in London as well, but 20 miles an hour is just ridiculous. Invalid carriages go faster. You know, the people on those totally illegal pedicabs. Uh, Somebody else says, I was only half listening. Did you say Lauren Goodger was going to be lifted by 300 balloons? Doesn't sound nearly enough, said Nicholas. Well, look at the latest picture of her, it certainly isn't. I mean, you couldn't move her. I mean, frankly, if you sort of had... uh, had hundreds of balloons there because she's now so big, poor soul. But uh, she went out for Frankie's birthday to a restaurant because they're so old now. They just sit down and probably sort of rue the day that they just had ordinary lives. And now they're huge international celebrities and people are asking their opinion on world matters and everything. Daily Star today. The McCann's hit by the tidal wave of lies, but they're more interested in celebrity Big Brother's Charlotte's shocking kinky sex secret. Probably isn't having any sex. That's why it's a shocking kinky Sex secret. Uh, Wills is giving up choppers. No more helicopters. They're going to groom him to be a fully-fledged member of the royal family and teach him how to become king. I think people like him, you know. 
I think people do like him. He has a speech. He has to stand up in front of a whole load of people he doesn't know. His wife has to sit there thinking, oh, he's rehearsed this so many times. I hope it's good. What amazes me is that when he takes his speech, he actually takes it and reads it. Whereas anybody who does speeches nowadays, they put it on that see-through auto-cue and so they can read it. And that looks better because then they look at you. He's constantly having to, to look down. Uh, Michael Lavelle, Coronation Street, have given him the, the green light, the comeback, to say, yes, you can come back, but we'd quite like to see you drinking less. And perhaps if we didn't talk about it too much, because that's not a, not a good image to have. There's also the story that he might have been offered, I'm a celebrity, get me out of here, for a fee of about £250,000, which would sort out some of his uh, lawyer's fees, because I'm assuming he must have racked up some fees for his, for his counsel, and that, that would take a, a big chunk of things. And, of course, things might have turned out differently, but they didn't. Even though there are internet trolls now who are sort of saying, oh, no, we still think he was guilty, but then, you know, the sad people you can't do anything about in this world. Uh, four years ago, MPs shamed for fiddling their expenses front of the mirror, and they promised to clean up their act, but guess what this year? They raked in 98 million, and more than 155 used your cash to put their relatives on the payroll. But I suppose it's only what, what anybody else would do. Uh, you know, lots of people would do that kind of thing. Um, talking about staffing, uh, they've got uh, here... Um, I don't know if this is... The most expensive overall, Ian Paisley, £232,000. Jim Shannon... 220,000, Malcolm Bruce, Karen Bradley, uh, Charles Kennedy, 196,000. Charles Kennedy, 196,000 pounds. Tom Harris, Labour, 195,000. Anne Begg, 193,000. On staffing, uh, they've got people like uh, Glenda Jackson, 152,000 pounds on staffing. Uh, John Crudus, 144. Emily Thornbury, 144,000. Just on food, Peter Bone, Conservative, £995, which is good. Greg Mulholland, £2,228. Travel and food. Alistair Carmichael, Lib Dem, 45000 Ian Paisley, 45000 Eric Joyce, 37000 There's some names cropping up time and time again. Jim Shannon's name crops up all over the place. And on accommodation, you've got... Um, oh, lots of people... Uh, you've got uh, Karen Bradley, Ian Paisley again, Nigel Adams, Bridget Phillipson and Stephen Barclay. I mean, have they forgotten the pay freeze, somebody says. The answer is no, they haven't. It's quarter past six. LBC 97.3. This is London's biggest conversation with Steve Allen. Morning, everybody. It's uh, it's uh, 21 minutes past six. I never forgot where I was, actually, this morning. Uh, anyway, it's nice to have you company. I trust you are well. Actually, I've just realised... I've, I've, I've now got confused about everything. I can, can't I? I can do a podcast today. I've suddenly realised because I'm, I'm, I'm an hour ahead of myself here. So we finished th- this, this programme at half past six. The guest isn't coming in for an hour, is he? So, I, so I've read all the stories, haven't I? I've just realised. I've, kind of, I've kind of got myself into a bit of a mess on that one. I've just realised. For some reason, I'm thinking the guest is coming in at quarter to seven. And that's why I wasn't working. The producer was none the wiser either. So that didn't help, did it? Oh, how odd. How bizarre. I've now, that's all got very strange. So he's coming in at quarter to eight. Right. Well, that's what we're... Ho- this is how we're hoping it's all going to work out. Anyway, back to the front pages, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> I told you, I'm having a very stressful day this day. It's only because this week's been such a funny week. 
that I haven't really known where I, where I was half the time. The sum on the front pages, they've got the royal dad ending his military career. Wills, Prince William, has announced he's ending his military career to take a gap year. I mean, he's hardly exactly working himself to the bone, is he? But they're moving out of where they are, and he's going to move into Kensington Palace. So it's a transitional year, a royal source has said. For that read, he's moving into Kensington Palace. It's all been done up for him. I don't know whose apartments he's actually got there. It's a lovely place. It is a lovely place. Anyway, colleagues at REF Valley Anglesey presented him with a leaving gift, included a mounted helicopter control stick. It's nice, isn't it? Just the kind of thing, like, well, what the dickens are we going to put that one? OK, find somewhere for it. Find somewhere for it. So it's Wills' year off as they train him up. They went out the other evening. Um, he seems very confident. I think he'll do very well. Uh, Kate McCann apparently sat weeping yards from the Portuguese cop whose book accused her of involvement in daughter Madeleine's disappearance as she sued him for a million pounds. For some reason, in the back of my mind, court, Portugal, million pounds don't kind of go together. Like, court, Portugal, two goats? You know, something like, I just don't see a million pounds being handed out by this court. I don't know how many copies this, this book has sold. Um, I, and, and reading some of the stuff in there, I mean, it's, it's so fantastic, you couldn't believe it at all. Mary Berry has been uh, nicknamed Bez by Great British Bake Off stars because she loves a good rave like the Happy Mondays. Well, no, she does not. She told us completely differently. She likes staying in an evening, she cooks for her husband, and that's it. She doesn't enjoy a rave at all. What a load of old rubbish, honestly. Um... Tom Hanks is at the centre of a jury tampering probe. This is what we reported to you uh, yesterday. Our first night out without George and we're nervous. This is uh, Kate and Wills. They were at a, a charity do. She looked gorgeous, as always. Uh, he just looked... Men, men, I always think, look exactly the same. They wear dinner jackets. It's not, not very exciting. Uh, Liam Gallagher's prized possessions were hauled out of his marital home. Guitars, shoes, clothes, furniture, everything. Out it all went. And uh, shoes from his, his own label and uh, pictures and a table and guitars and everything else. So it's obviously obviously all over, I should imagine. Uh, the woman in the paper, who's Canadian, who was trying to smuggle cocaine in a fake tummy bump, so it made her look as though she was pregnant, but she wasn't pregnant at all. The tidal wave of lies on the McCanns. Uh, claim seven, Kate and Jerry were adamant the kidnapper did not go into the apartment from the back entrance because they could see it from their table at the tapas bar, but uh, Amaral says that was a lie. Uh, he suggested that, uh, he, he said the McCanns were preoccupied with dealing with the press rather than the police. Well, that's what, you know, that's how they've, they've tried to get publicity. But as I've said before, the, the book is so, so far-fetched, it's almost laughable. I don't know why they're, they're suing. I suppose, well, she says it's because, you know, people in, in Portugal looked at them differently. Well, I thought they'd have read it and thought it was a pile of rubbish too. But uh, he's accused over these slurs, and obviously she's got to go there and defend herself, like anybody else would do. Uh, Daily Mail today on the front page. Again, it's uh, slimline Kate's more sparkly than ever. Looking very nice. Her favourite Jimmy Choo shoe. Choose the MP story about them employing people. The very odd story of weather girl Sean Lloyd distraught as she's barred from her stepdaughter's lavish wedding to the Blair's son. Uh, this is the uh, Blair Mansion. South Pavilion. This is the uh, the one out in Underwood in Buckinghamshire. This isn't the one that was owned by John Gielgud, is it? There was there was some house that I'm sure they bought. They seem to have bought quite a number of houses, and I'm pretty certain it could be John Gielgud's. Hurt locker hero's wife forced to sell off his medals. And uh, Harriet Harman, why does the BBC let male stars go grey, but not the women? 
But I think that's women. I don't think women want to be grey, do they? Given the choice of do you want to be grey or do you want to be blonde or something like that, you want to be blonde, anything that, that sort of keeps the, uh, the ravages of time firmly in the background, I think. Uh, Sainsbury's have uh, recalled some watercress. I saw something the other day. What did I see? Is it wasabi? They were talking about the They grow this in water, don't they? And they make this wasabi paste. And it's supposed to be very good for you. And the other stuff is um, seaweed. There's uh, some people growing seaweed specifically for us. And there was something else. I can't remember what the seaweed is called. There's a name for it. They don't call it seaweed. They call it... I think I'm facing the wrong way again. It's, um... I haven't had wasabi, no. It's really hot. That's right, somebody... That's right, it's horseradish. <laughs> it's very, very hot, isn't it? Very, very hot. I knew there was something, because I think they, they gave it to somebody on Country File once, and she nearly passed out. I thought it was quite funny, actually. Always makes me laugh, things like that. Uh, J.K. Rowling goes to Hollywood. Front page of The Independent. The Bank of England urged to intervene on the house price bubble. Still can't believe it. I got sent the details the other day of this £105 million house. I don't know why they sent it to me. There's no, no logical reason, I'm afraid. Assad is to blame for the chemical strike, say the UN. The finding will challenge Putin as the wrangle goes on. And Jonathan Trapp setting off in his balloon, which, uh, which looks very pretty, but highly dangerous as far as I'm concerned. It doesn't, uh, doesn't look that good. Uh, let's finally clear up some of your uh, texts and emails, as they say, because we've got uh, uh, a busy, busy time. Another one here. This is from uh, from Ruth. And um, she says, can you help dinner for Dahab dogs to get noticed? They've got a um, uh, dinner for Dahab dogs. It's Actually, we're going to be talking, strangely enough, about something similar to this. To Paul O'Grady, with people finding a lot of food for dogs. The dogs that are left starving on the streets of London. And he's become involved in something I think that Pedigree are doing. I'm pretty certain. Uh Go and get a sausage butty and take five. We can all manage for one day without the extra. Look after number one for a change, says Paul in Manchesterford. Thank you. It's going to be such a stressful day today. You've literally got uh, about two minutes to get your hands on my Apple iPhone 5S, the brand new Apple iPhone 5S. And the question is, Apple have launched this second cheaper and more colourful iPhone at the launch on Tuesday. What's the model number? What's the model number? Uh, first of all, you, uh, you text the word gadget... Then your answer and send it to 84850. Got to get here by 6.30 this morning. Text costs £1.50 plus your standard network rate. If you text after the closing time, you won't be entered but may still be charged. We play across the LBC network. Full terms and conditions online at lbc.co.uk. Have a great weekend. Join me Sunday morning for In Conversation. Don't forget to podcast a bit later on. Nick and the team at 7. Next, the morning news with Lisa Aziz.